Body Shots Fall Tour is on pre-sale now. Use the promo code SHOTS and get your tickets at BurtBurtBurt.com. If I didn't come to your city this January, February, or March, I am coming to your city this September, August, November, October. I cannot wait. The promo code is SHOTS. Pre-sale is up right now. Get your tickets before they sell out. General sale goes on Friday. Let's start the fucking podcast. Um, I am sitting in... Uh, in Brighton. Yeah. I'm with Mark Norman, Simon, uh, John Mans. What's your name, sir? Tim. Tim? Tim. Tim and Tim. We're all having drinks. Our hotel is closed, but the bar is open, and and uh, and we had a great fucking show. We are on the European leg of the Body Shots World Tour. Uh, Brighton tonight, Bath tomorrow, London, then Glasgow, Manchester, and then we're off to Stockholm, Oslo, Antwerp, Antwerp, Amsterdam, Copenhagen, Copenhagen, Dublin. Uh, I'm with Mark Norman, who, who, and I look. You'd always want to blow smoke up your opener's ass, but really did fucking murder tonight. Hey, this crowd was hot. They got it. They're not offended. They go with the flow. I did a school shooting joke, and I got an applause break. That's he got, the first. He got an applause break on a school shooting joke, <laughs> and it's like in my head, I was like, "Who are you clapping for?" I know they don't have them here, so they're like, "Yeah, yeah, fuck them." <laughs> <laughs> we are we are well into a buzz. Uh, John Mans is um, is my cameraman, but he's been on tour with me for the Body Shots uh, f- uh, Winter Tour, and uh, he's out. Can we talk about he's out meeting ladies? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, wish I was. <laughs> I hope you can hear everybody. I apologize if the audio sucks. I'm doing this on my iPhone. But uh, it's so much easier for me to text it to Halston. We have some promo reads. We have some mid-roll reads. This podcast is fucking awesome, by the way. There's a moment where it's the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life. I was telling you the story today, wasn't I? It's the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life. And I know I say that a lot. I know my boobs are going to hyperbole. But it is the hardest I ever laughed. And it's towards the end. Um, I'm going to put it up on Instagram. Simon's our driver. Uh, What did you want to promote, Simon? I'm going to promote Simon.astrophotography, my Instagram. Simon.astrophotography. You like taking pictures of of space? Yeah, I take pictures of galaxies and nebula. Simon, D-O-double-D. I know there's a joke sitting right there. Mark, what's the joke? So what's it like being a virgin? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, It was easy. It was hanging there. Low hanging. Low hanging. Oh, I'm low hanging. (laughs) (laughs) Mark's got a podcast Tuesdays with Stories with Joe List. Oh, yeah. Uh... And, uh, and yeah, Mark went uh, uh, on the Utah ski trip with me. Oh, that was fun. That was Good a fucking time. blast. I should be moving this around like when I was hosting. I used to host, and you have to, I would sometimes I'd interview people and not give them the mic. I go, so, I, but I'd give them the mic. I go, so tell me about your. Right. And then I'd bring it to me, and you wouldn't hear anything. <laughs> I wouldn't Bob mind. Barker. I wouldn't mind one more cocktail. It'd yeah. be nice. That girl was fun. Yeah, we'll, I'll she get, was very I'll get helpful. I'll back. We need oh, more alcohol. Barmaid, they don't like that. Yeah, like that. Call her a wench. That's better. <laughs> I hope we're getting audio on this. Halston, if you can run this through Levelator and make sure that we can get everyone's audio on this. <clears throat> we have some cigars up in my room. We're going to go up to my room in a second. Whoa. You get the balcony. Yeah. And, yeah, we have a balcony. Brighton is fucking cool. Mark, if you could describe Bal- Brighton to people, what would you? how would you describe it? I would say it's artsy. It's like Brooklyn without the blacks. <laughs> It's just no, that's accurate. Yeah. That's very accurate. I love the blood. It's like Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs>
another double vodka. So the way you made it was perfect. Super hydrating. Now I get a punk IPA, please. I'm okay. I'm 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 half in the bag here. Are you? Want to well, split one? Yeah. I'll okay. split one. Let's split one. Let's split a double. Okay, <laughs> we'll split. get a single each of uh, whatever that was. Babylon. Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve. It was a fifteen. I think we got the fifteen. The twelve is too young. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, Mark said, I don't hurt the she hymen. Goes, she goes. <laughs> she goes. What age whiskey would you like? And uh, what did they have? They had uh, 12, 15, and seventeen. And he goes, Oh, I'll take. I'll go no pubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure the eighteen so expensive. Mark and I came to an epiphany last night about comedy, about uh, the difference that you see in comics. Is like a lot of us in LA have all kind of. Uh, subscribe to the Rogan mold of like do a podcast, do good stand up. That that's how you that's that's your that's your path yeah. is work on your podcast, work on your stand up. Fuck TV, fuck everything else, yeah, fuck everything else. Yeah. yeah, get yourself uh, or not even or just self publish. Like put out your own content, yeah. make free content, and, and be, keep people entertained. And then I said like you know the guys that are killing it in New York. There's a lot of them. I'm gonna leave some of them out. But like three guys that we mentioned last night: Sam Morell. Uh, Mark, Joe List, and I was like, oh, you know what it was? Is our guy was Rogan to look up to, to seek out advice for, to hang out with, who was always at the clubs, right? And you could always, like, pick his brain about what was going on. Their guy was a tell. So their guy was very joke-driven. Yes. And they're all amazing joke writers. So, like... But, um, but Till has no podcast. He was on a TV show called Insomniac, which where he was just funny and quippy. But it's all about the jokes. It's all about the writing and the originality and the punchlines. Yeah. And we looked up to that. But you guys look up to a guy who's created a whole world, and I think that's better for success. It's, well, it's, I think it's different. I mean, look, obviously, I'm, everyone that knows this podcast knows I'm obsessed with David Tell. Now, he's probably the funniest guy on the planet. Favorite, what's your favorite David Tell joke? Oh, jeez. Uh, he, I love the joke where he says, uh, I used to do drugs, but that was way over there. <laughs> it just, no joke has ever sounded like that. That's a, it's a new is formula. It, is, it, is it just me, or does an owl look like a lawyer for a parrot? A parrot's lawyer, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when Steve Irwin died, he got killed by a stingray, and he goes, ah, stingray, the Puerto Rican of the sea. <laughs> He's got a million of them. You know the kind of girl that drinks Diet Coke and whiskey and goes outside and yells the N-word at a lunar eclipse? <laughs> He said, uh, if you bury a Confederate flag, a Cracker Barrel grows. <laughs> Dude, he's the fucking greatest. He is the oh, greatest. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's, you know, how great would it be if Attell moved to L.A.? Mm. Oh, So Mark is moving out to L.A. What? for three what? months with Joe List. Oh, you should do it. I'm telling you, you should idea. do it. It's a, you should do it. I believe it. I believe in. I believe in small. Im- you know. Do you know who used to fucking blow my mind is Dane. By the way, we're gonna get to the podcast in a second. Oh yeah. But Dane used to blow my mind because he would invest in himself. Yes. He would that's always true. invest in himself, and I couldn't understand that because I didn't have any money. So the idea of me putting any money towards myself, I was like, I don't gamble on myself. I can't believe anyone in this business does. Yeah. But I think that's where everything's going in this business right now. Is like fucking invest in yourself. Like yeah. Fucking roll the dice. Make go out and do free content. You and Joe List. By the way, we're doing. We got to get you guys on something that's burning. So we're oh, doing episodes in New York after Dublin. Please. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you so Thank you much. Ah, oh, boy, I love it here. 
All right, we should probably do some promo reads. This podcast is brought to you by one of my favorite apps to use on the road, OpenFit. OpenFit is bringing something new that makes it even easier to never, never miss a workout session. Lose the commute to the gym and let the workouts come directly to you. It takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's brand new. It's super simple streaming service that allows you to work out in the comfort of your own hotel, your own tour bus, or your own hotel room in just as little as 10 minutes. Everyone's bodies are different and OpenFit gets that, which is why they personalize your workout to your needs and customize tailored original content, amazing classes, amazing trainers. My favorite one they've got is this 600 second workout with celebrity trainer Devin Wiggins. Packs the fat burning and muscle muscle sculpting and the body sculpting and the fucking dude, 600 seconds. Access anywhere, anytime, view on your computer, web enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku. Results you can see lose up to 15 pounds in just the first 30 days. Why am I not? I'm on this, man. I'm on this. Yeah. I'm changing my lifestyle starting today. We didn't eat dinner tonight. Well, we kind of ate dinner, but we didn't go late night dinner. Now we're drinking vodka sodas, have a cigar, go to bed. Dude, fucking wake up, bang out 600 seconds. I could bang out 600 seconds, right? Totally. I bet I I could have sex in quicker than 600 seconds. OpenFit's changed the way I look at working out, and with my promo code BERT, you can join me on my fitness journey and get personalized just for you. Again, use my promo code BERT and start losing Wait now with OpenFit and let your journey to a happier life begin. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, my listeners can get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit where you can lose 15 pounds in 30 days when you text BERT to 303030. That's BERT to 303030. You'll get full access to OpenFit. All the workouts, all the nutritional information, totally free. Again, just text BERT, B-E-R-T, to 30, 30, 30. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash BirdCast. Make sure to use that slash BirdCast. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. They don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experiences and invite them to apply for your job. What are you guys fucking watching? You got to see this. Hilarious. <laughs> As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through their site in just the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash BirdCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BirdCast, Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R.com slash B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T, ZipRecruiter, a smarter way to hire. This podcast is also brought to you by Joybird. Have you heard about the revolution that's going on with online shopping of furniture? And Joybird is the company behind it. Joybird believes that you never should settle when it comes to home furnishing and that you should always have the freedom to be boldly original. From idea to reality, they empower you to create the space and furniture that brings you joy. Uh, Leanne and I have uh, Joybird couch in our house. 
and our friend liked it so much she wanted to buy it off us. And we were like, well, it's our couch. She goes, no, but that would really go perfect in my room. Can I have it? And, I said, and we said, why don't you just go to Joybird? And she went on Joybird and designed her own furniture. With Joybird, you get one-of-a-kind furniture that makes it your unique taste. Turn your ideas into reality with hundreds of styles and options from mid-century modern to contemporary classics, customizable with an array of amazing fabric choices. Rich, buttery leather, plush velvets. My shoes are velvet. I didn't wear them tonight, but I have velvet shoes. What are you showing now? Wide range of kid friendly, pet friendly upholstery options available, free personal design consultations to help you nail down the perfect design for you. Quality handcrafted furniture and better than anything, a 365 day home trial. Skip the furniture store and bring the showroom to you. Sit on it, sleep on it, break it in. If you don't love your Joybird, Return it with a full refund, hassle-free, in-home delivery. They'll even pack and unpack all the packing materials. Free returns within two weeks of delivery. See how Joybird is revolutionizing online furniture shopping. Create furniture that brings you joy at joybird.com slash birdcast. Go to joybird.com slash birdcast and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code birdcast, Joybird. Sit your fucking. I wish I had a fucking good line for that. This this podcast is brought to you by Lisa Mattress. Lisa knows how important a rest is to a better life. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. To Lisa, a bed is more than just a place to sleep, it's a place to relax and rest. Sleep is so fucking important. Lisa products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed and to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary you want to sleep in. I'll tell you right now, we have two Lisa mattresses in my house. We gave one to the fucking mouth breather Isla and she can't, we cannot get her out of bed anymore. It was the worst thing we ever did. This kid literally is a bear getting out of bed. Georgia is like a gem. She sits up, sits crisscross applesauce, does a little morning meditation, but Isla, you need a crowbar. And and she's like, dad, you can't argue with her. The mattress is so fucking comfortable. Lisa's most popular multi layer foam mattress is made with premium foams for cooling, contouring, and pressure relieving support. More importantly, Lisa believes all people should have access to deep rest and relaxation. Lisa makes it easy for their customers to know they've made the right choice through their social impact initiative tied to each purchase. Lisa donates one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, they've donated more than 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Lisa mattresses are made in the USA. In-home delivery is set up and easy and available. Financing is also available. Check out and review their website. Don't miss out. Live healthier, live happier by resting deeper. Order today and get 15% off your purchase for a limited time at lisa.com slash BurtCast. Use the promo code BurtCast. That's Lisa, L-E-E-S-A, dot com slash birdcast or just use the promo code birdcast and keep in mind that you also get a hundred night risk-free trial plus free shipping and returns uh you're gonna love this fucking mattress those are my reads thank you so much to my sponsors um we are still partying uh down here uh we 
I those reads. First night, you gotta realize this is just the first fucking Jesus night. Jesus Christ, we're gonna we're gonna be all over the road here. We got a sprinter van. We're jumping on a train. We're jumping on a flight. Oh, fucking Rogan and Santino tugged the tiger's tail. They're talking <laughs> shit to me. Were you in that store, tour bus that that sprinter with them? No. Oh, they were tugging the tiger's tail, and they were in Atlanta, and they were like, "Oh, tour bus champs, not shit. What about sprinters, bro? I fucking kill it with sprinters. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, guys." You're fucking with the, you're fucking with the, I am the teacher that stands on top of the table, okay? <laughs> Did you get that joke? <laughs> Dead Poet Society. Ah, the one of the students killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the, what's the, the phrase in that? Uh, I am what I am. Captain, my captain. Captain, my captain. Captain, my captain. I didn't mean, that, that, that movie didn't mean too much to me. <laughs> uh, no, that movie was huge. That oh, was when, fuck, it changed the way I looked at everything. I thought I was like, I don't mind being gay. So, <laughs> also crazy that it was Robin Williams who was coming off of a being a cokehead stand-up animal, and now he's the teacher. That'd be like taking Cat Williams and putting him in a you know, the, 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 this school needs to get cleaned up. Bro, they should do a remake, a black remake of of the way they do with the movies. You know, like they did with One Day at a Time, they made it Mexican. Yeah. They should do a black remake with Cat Williams and. Dead Poet Dead Society. Poet Society. <laughs> Dead President Society. <laughs> yes. Hey, you heard it here. Instead of like a literature, he's just reading Tupac and Biggie. Oh, great tag, Mark Norman gave me tonight. Um, uh, yeah. So this is the first night. I'm gonna do. We're gonna do a podcast from the road. We'll publish it next week. Um, we'll maybe do it. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow on the tour bus. Or how long's our f- drive from Baths to London? Two to three hours, depending on traffic. Tomorrow's two to three hours. What's what's the next day? Uh, Bath to London, two hours realistically. Maybe we'll do a Bath to London. We'll do a podcast coming into London or on the train. Mm. Oh, we'll do yeah, a podcast. Four hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do a podcast on the train. Yeah. Do a podcast on the train. We'll release you that next week. Me. Oh, Simon, all those fucking asteroids. (laughs) 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 Today's podcast is absolutely phenomenal. I met this guy a few years back with Zane Lamprey. By the way, Zane Lamprey has a um, Kickstarter open right now for the Adventure Cooler. Check it out. Zane's a good friend of mine. Him and Tom are pairing up to make something, Segura. Um, Zane is the guru of Kickstarter. And he has he has changed the game. You know who Zane Lamprey is? No, he was just on Corolla. Dude, he is. Well, I met. I, I think I think Jordan is uh, a Corolla guy, but I met him through Zane. He was doing this thing, this podcast called The Art of Charm. He's no longer working with those guys. Oh yeah. But yeah. he is, dude. We la- I, It's the hardest I've ever laughed. Is he gives me a way to kind of simplify my life and extend my business, and I tell him why I can't do it, and when. And when we do it in action, he sees why I can't do it. And it is fucking the funniest. It is literally the funniest thing. I, I can't. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, once again, uh, Jordan is uh, he's just a really bright guy who's been on Corolla a lot. And I met him and I've always wanted to connect with him. And he I heard him on Jay Moore's podcast. We talked about Jay Moore a little bit this podcast uh, but I heard him on Jay's podcast, and he was really fascinating. I was in Australia, oddly enough. And so I got, I was, I think, because I was getting ready to go on the road across, abroad, above, across seas. Above what? Overseas. Overseas. I was like, oh, I should connect with Jordan because I'd listened to this podcast with him. But it's a great podcast. It's really great. I hope you learn from it. I hope you pull something from it, and I hope, I know you'll laugh. If you listen, 
up until the end. I know you'll laugh. It's the hardest I've ever laughed on this podcast ever. I hope you have a great fucking week. Once again, remember, Body Shots World Tour Fall Edition. The Fall Edition. We're hitting 30 cities all over the country. Oklahoma, uh, Ohio. uh, We're coming back to Texas. We're coming back to Florida. We've got going back to New York, New Jersey, all that area. So check it out. It's all across the United States. Pre-sale starts today. It's right now. Pre-sale's up right now. Use the promo code SHOTS to get your tickets. Before tickets sell out, I can't promise we're going to add a show. So get your tickets now. We are on the fucking European leg of the Body Shots World Tour. All my dreams are coming true. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart to every single fucking one of you. Follow Mark Norman on Instagram and on Twitter. Listen to his podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast, Jordan Harbinger. This is I mean, you could do that right now, but I have two shows, three shows tonight. What? What? Yeah. Where? The comedy store. Dang. Yeah. Tell yeah. Me about so it. you don't do you don't do well like. No, I like I, I have a weird thing about sobriety. Should um, I wear headphones, by the way. Oh no, you don't okay. need headphones. Um, we're good. I have a weird thing about sobriety where I, I need to, I need to be a hundred percent sober if I'm doing if I have stuff to, anything for like I, when once I start drinking I tap the fuck out. Like really? once I, yeah, yeah. Once I start drinking, I go, all right, day's over. We're having fun. Mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not someone who can like, I have a buddy, Dave Williamson, very funny comedian, toured with me for a lot of this past tour. And he's someone who can just like have a beer at lunch. I can't do that either. And I know a lot of people, when I was on uh, Wall Street as a lawyer and people were like, hey, have a beer. And I'm like, do you want me to do any more work today? Yeah. That, at all? Yeah. I can understand with Coke. Like Coke's something that if, if, if someone's like. Yeah. There's that. There was a lot of that on I, Wall I can't Street, do, too. I can't do that with weed. I'm trying to get comfortable, and it's so awkward. I'm going to turn this chair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Super, do whatever you need to do. Super heavy-ass chair. Ah, there we go. I need to better? do some deadlifts. Yeah, because okay. I felt like I was turning in like this awkward like talk show way where you have to hold your hands in a certain way. I wonder if, I, I wonder if everyone's felt like that. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. So we met uh, a few years ago a through Zane. A long time ago, yeah. And uh, you were... You were you, you were an interesting person. And then randomly, I would hear you on podcasts. I would hear you talking. I think I heard you with Jay Moore, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And sure. uh, and I was like, I was like, wow. Like, I was like, I didn't know any sides of you. I didn't know anything of what you were doing at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, I really want to talk to him. And so I've been hitting you up for, a, I think, a few years now. Yeah. We trying just- to organize this. But uh, I appreciate you coming, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I know we've been trying to do it for a while. I think the first thing was you were on a long-ass tour. Then it was filming, or it was yeah. one of those in that order, or not necessarily in that order. And then I was gone for a long time, and then I moved. And now I get here every month to do Adam and uh, and Drew and doc, uh, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla show. So it's become easier. But then you were like, I'm going to leave for six months and go on a comedy tour, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're never home. So are you still working with The Art of Charm? No, I'm not. So what happened with The Art of Charm? So I was doing that show for 11 years. Yeah. And I was in, I, I really wanted to take it in the way of like interviewing people, doing really good content. And the guys that I was working with, honestly, they didn't give a rat's ass about any of that. They were just like, let's make money. Let's squeeze the audience. 
uh, let's teach, you know, pick up tactics. And I was like, guys, we're pushing 40. One of the guys was like 43. I was like, it's just sad now. Uh, we better we serve our audience better by teaching them mature stuff. We have a lot of women listening. And it was just kind of like fell on deaf ears. And it was like, we don't care about that or the audience at all. And I was like, I, I can't do this. I got to sleep at night. Well, I don't need. I heard you. I heard you talking about. Uh, three different types of people one time, I think, with Jay Moore. This is a while ago. Yeah. And Jay and I don't talk, but I still, if I check out his podcast from every now and then. But, um, but, uh, and it was, I was fucking fascinated. I was in Australia and I was, I was like, I was fascinated at your breakdown of people and everything. So I kind of wanted to have you on the podcast. Sure. To, to, for you to introduce yourself to my fans. Like, like almost like, like in the most rudimentary way. Just you to just do you. Like if you said, Bert, I want you to come on my podcast, give me your five best stories and just murder mm-hmm. and just leave and get a bunch of people to follow you. That's what I wanted because I was like, awesome. I've heard you a bunch of times and I was like, I was like, I'm not equipped to interview you <laughs> in the way that like say Jay was or okay. Adam was or like, but I, but I was like, I know, I know this guy's podcast gold and I know he's a fucking fascinating dude. So let's start off by how did you get? to the art of charm where I was where I first initially met you. Yeah, so what I was doing, I was a lawyer on Wall Street for a while and and that I don't say people always go, "Oh, fancy." Dude, I was so not cut out for that. I was I went to law school cuz I didn't know what else to do with my life, which is a terrible reason to go into a profession. And I realized that all the things that had got me there were basically like table stakes on Wall Street. So it's like, oh, you're kind of smart. So what? Everyone is, everyone's smart. Oh, you can work really hard. So what? All, everyone's working 20 hours a day, six days a week. Like you're, you're nobody. Yeah. And I thought I'm going to get fired from this job. So I found what I hoped was a new competitive advantage in that there was a partner there that never showed up. And he's one of the guys that hired me. And I was like, Hey, how do I, how do I work from home a lot? Cause I assumed he worked from home and that's why he was never in the office. And he's like, I don't know why. And I was like, well, aren't you working from home? And he goes, no, I I bring in business. That's why I'm not in the office. And I was like, oh, how do you bring in business? Like, I just never thought about networking and relationships. He's like, you got to know people. You got to make connections. And so I decided to dedicate myself to learning that. And it was like, I took a class, like a Dale Carnegie class. And it's like, look him in the eye and have a firm handshake. And I thought, okay, but if somebody doesn't like you, it's probably not because of your eye contact. It's probably not because you didn't have a firm handshake. Like there's some weird thing, like this nuanced thing that a guy in a sweater vest at the YMCA is not going to articulate very well. Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I was like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Like he's great. If you're trying to get your mom to like stand up in front of a room of 12 and give a little PowerPoint presentation, he's not going to tell me how to get people to like me in a way that's going to like save my wall street career. Yeah. So I started reading books on psychology and body language and nonverbal communication. I was like, I'm going to decode all of this. I have to start from the very, very beginning of this. And that got me interested in like this sort of burgeoning dating and pickup scene that was before this book, the game came out before these TV shows came out. We were all kind of like this underground group of weirdos on the internet. And I was fascinated by this because it was every little nuanced detail of persuasion and influence. And I went out and I tried all this stuff and some of it worked and some of it didn't because a lot of the guys that were in that scene were like in LA going to clubs. I was in Michigan in a grad school in like this academic town. So some of the stuff that just worked on dumb club girls was not going to work on smart, educated women in Ann Arbor, Michigan at the University of Michigan. So I started to refine the tactics a lot 
And I also realized that a lot of this lie to get chicks was just short-term thinking. It was not going to work long-term for me, wanting to get married, have kids, have a career. This is not, this short-term mating strategy was not going to work. So I started doing like academic almost research and getting in touch with professors that like David Buss who were teaching mating strategies and all these doctors and all of these like really high profile researchers and breaking down everything they were doing. And I started to apply it to networking and relationships, but then none of my guy friends gave a shit about the the networking stuff. They were just like, how do we get laid? Oh yeah. So I started talking about that. And I, I remember I tried to teach a networking class in law school and like two people came and that one of them was like my advisor. And I was like, okay, this isn't gonna work. And I remember going out at night, having conversations with guys and girls and friends of mine about body language and dating and stuff. And like the whole bar would like turn the music off. And I ended up kind of almost giving informal talks at these bars. And I thought, okay, this is the shit that people are interested in. So I started a podcast that was in my old show was based on that stuff. And I started teaching guys how to meet girls. And then of course, you know, that went, that went really well. And the, the show got huge. But as I grew out of my 20s, I'm 39 now, as I grew out of my 20s, I was like, this is not really what I want to keep doing. And there's a bigger picture here that makes more sense. And then at that same time, a lot of the sort of pickup artisty stuff got uber skeezy yeah. and became like borderline like rapey weird shit that guys would do where I was just like, Ugh, no thanks. And I tried to be all like, oh, we don't do that here, but you're just the good guy Coke dealer instead of the bad guy heroin dealer, yeah. right? Like women and men who are not into that aren't like, oh, your stuff is really good and all these other guys are really creepy. They're just like, y'all are creepy. They're not trying to parse this shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I remember hearing things like, I remember my buddy showed up one day in a ridiculous hat. Yeah. And I go, what the fuck? And he goes, dude. Peacocking, bro. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. You got it. Come on, man. Peacocking. Yeah, you got a peacock. You got a fucking. That's. Dude, trust me. Show up in a crazy hat. You're the guy that leaves with a hot chick. Yeah, but not right. Not really. And like maybe sometimes, but probably only in like a Hollywood venue. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just that guy. And now, of course, you're just that d bag who read like some blog post that's ten years old and is like just gotten the memo peacocking, on peacocking, bro. Yeah. <laughs> And it, and it sucks, right? It sucks to be painted in that brush. And no girl who is seriously looking for anything that's not ridiculous, like, no one's going to take you seriously. No. And now it's just, it's bizarre. So, But then, of course, I'd, I'd fallen honestly in love with the craft of like interviewing people and I would have celebrities on the show. And I realized that that was the part that I really liked. And so I could really separate the interviewing and the podcasting. And that's what I have with the Jordan Harbinger show. And then I can do some of the training and teaching in, in a totally different realm. So I'm not teaching the dating stuff anymore, but the when I teach social dynamics, body language, influence, and persuasion, like my clients now are uh, Facebook and Microsoft and, and the bodyguards of the executives, we call them executive protection, of those executives. So like Facebook's executive team, Microsoft's executive team. Wait, slow down. Yeah. The, face, the body, say that again? So like imagine the people that are running Facebook, Microsoft, and these Silicon Valley companies. Yeah. They have personal protections, uh, executive protection teams. So people that are with them 24-7. We call them bodyguards, like the layman, but we don't really use that term in the industry because it's just kind of not, you know, not diving in front of bullets. Yeah. 
But but what those, do they do? What do they do? So those guys they handle the logistics. They make sure that the pr- the principal and clients are safe. They get them from point A to point B. They secure the office. They secure the house. Everything. Everything that you would really? expect. Except it's not like dive. There's nobody diving in front yeah. of Whitney Houston. Hopefully, hopefully we don't get to that point. Yeah. And so their biggest weakness as an organization, as an agency, is going to be soft skills because they're they're all former Marines, former Special Forces, Secret Service. But what they now don't have is authority. So if you're Secret Service and you're there with the vice president, you can walk into a hotel and be like, yeah, we need this lobby cleared. Get everybody out of here. You're flashing your badge. And they're like, oh, okay. You have real law enforcement, DOJ, whatever, Treasury authority. Whereas now... You're a civilian. You walk into the Mandarin Oriental and, or the Four Seasons. You're like, we need the lobby cleared. The manager's like, I don't give a sh- what do you. I don't care what you want. Yeah. Oh, who's your client? Well, I can't tell you. Well, get the hell out of here, schmuck. Like, get yeah. out of here. So we have to teach them how to be persuasive, influential, do the groundwork, keep relationships, network. They want all of those skills. So I took all that dating stuff and I was like, how do I make this useful for guys that aren't just trying to get their dick wet all the time? Yeah. And that's what we created with the the new company. And then of course now I just do the show, the Jordan Harbinger show is got similar sort of soft skills bent but i'll interview anyone from russell brand or or other comedians and uh actors and i have athletes on there and and scientists and stuff like that so i took the nerd part kept that yeah and just do like deep interviews with those people as well what do you think what do you think made you interested in um like like i understand the initial lean into uh kind of social social skills yeah being but what, do, what do you think fascinates you about it you know what what i didn't realize was so as a kid i was shy and then as an adult i had all this i had these waves where i felt like i was awesome and then waves where i felt really insecure and they were never predictable like it would be like junior year of high school feeling really good about myself senior year of high school feeling shy again moved to another country feeling pretty cool reinvented myself go to college feel like a freaking loser again and i was really upset with that because i thought i don't want my whole life to be this bullshit roller coaster of like i I didn't i felt like i had no agency no control over anything at all Mm -hmm. and i of course first started out trying to do networking for the legal profession yeah. and then I went into like getting laid and that made me feel good temporarily and I was like all right well this is not really what I'm after because the validation I get from women is not going to like sustain me as a human yeah. for a long time so as I exited my 20s I was like this isn't really what I want to do I don't want to go to bars every night and like chase women this is stupid I want something bigger and so I realized that by learning how to generate confidence, be persuasive without being like, I need to wear a funny hat, but really working on yourself, myself, I should say, that was giving me actual enjoyment. I realized, oh, you can change who you are in a way that's not fake. You can work on all the things that you don't like about yourself and work and make those into strengths and people will appreciate that about you. And if you're really looking to get a a quality partner in life or a woman, what you need to do is bring them into a world where you have your shit together not just be like yeah my ferrari outside blah 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 stripper girlfriend like that works for super short term maybe people that have their head up their ass but if you want somebody who's got their shit together you have to actually be that person too and so that became i won't say a fun process because it's really introspective and you got to look at yourself and go 
I do a lot of shit to get other people's approval or I do a lot of stuff that makes me feel bad about myself and then try to hide it. You have to get rid of all that stuff and yeah. work on that really deliberately and it's not easy. So what's the first step in getting your shit together if you th- if you had to say to someone? Ooh, if man. someone's listening and they're going like, because like, as you said that, I was like, I, there's problems I have with myself, hardcore. I look people in the eye when I shake their hand, but I do that. I, don't, I never read a book about it. I just yeah. know that it makes... I know that I shake a lot of hands, um, maybe a couple thousand a weekend. Really? At every show? Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. probably a couple thousand. Like if I, yeah, because I, well, I do a meet and greet, but then I also go out to a bar where I tell all the fans to go. Yeah. And then we drink, and uh, and I, and yeah, I mean, figure 1,800 seats, two shows, that's one night, and then I invite all those people to a bar, so maybe 1,500 show up, and then... Next night, 500. So maybe, yeah, 1,500, 2,000 people. Do you tell the bar? How do you arrange that? This is logistical BS that probably no one cares about. But I'm curious. Are you like, hey, I'm bringing 500 people to your bar tomorrow? They must love you and also be like, hey, you couldn't throw on us a phone call? Uh, Some people. uh, Yeah, everyone's loved it. I've had had people that have been a little angry. Like, uh, it's usually um, women bartenders that, uh, this is going to sound super sexist, but I've had... A couple women bartenders really pissed that we filled up their bar because they just wanted to go home. They didn't give a fuck about the business. Male the bartenders, owner. male bartenders, and owners lose their fucking minds. Yeah, like, dude, thank you. You paid the rent for the whole month in this think, one night. Yeah, and I, well, I mean, and for the most part, I'm only talking about a few isolated incidents. And they were in cities where that is the attitude of the of all the people in those cities. Yeah, you know, so like San get, dude, get the fuck out of my city. Yeah, dude, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like Boston, this fucking bartender, female bartender, and I tipped her six hundred bucks, and she was still fucking. I usually tip them really big too. Yeah, yeah. And go to. like, hey, I'm sorry, I fucked your night. Uh, these are all my people, and but yeah, everyone's been cool. Everyone's been cool, and so and when we have, we went to this place. Uh, I have the name of the fucking. Connolly's in uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina, Connolly's. I think there's we went- a Connolly's everywhere. I would imagine something of that. And nature. it was fucking amazing. It was awesome. We told everyone from the shows to go, pack that place out, and the owner was losing his fucking mind. He was like, "What do you guys want? You guys want fucking sweatshirts, drinks? <laughs> close the bar off. I got you the upstairs. He was the best. Usually, that's how everyone acts. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, and and yeah, and sometimes, but sometimes you get, it, there have been a few women that didn't weren't having it. Yeah, I don't know who you are. I don't. I don't know who you are. Who are you? And I go. It doesn't matter. I'm the guy that brought a thousand people to your bar. I have a blue check mark on Instagram. Yeah. that's all you need to know. I don't. Wh- who are you? Why do you think you're so special? I. What do you want? Double Tito's is soda, big glass, no lime. I don't know what the, the the couple isolated incidents, and it was it was the they almost looked alike. There's a part about whittling down people. Do you ever do you do you ever do you ever look at people and go, uh, I can size you up in a matter. of Yeah, something. actually, that's one of the things that I teach these executive protection these bodyguards. We'll use that term because nobody cares about the fancy pants terminology. That's one of the things I I teach those guys as well, guys and gals. Actually, they have female agents. Super common. Uh, you look at nonverbal communication and there are little tells that people, because everybody thinks they make their first impression when they open their mouth. And that's, that's what I thought for years. That's not, not actually the case. So when somebody walks in a room, that's usually when people size them up. And if you don't believe, actually, this is, women will know this really, really keenly. They'll go, yeah, I looked at him when he walked in and I got a 
pretty full picture of who this was. Us guys are kind of more oblivious and yeah. we'll notice someone half an hour later and be like, eh, whatever. You know, and we kind of feel it subconsciously, but women can really articulate, generally can really articulate what they're seeing much better than men can. And this is this is evolutionary. Women have a safety concern that guys don't. So women yeah. have to be able to go, that guy, eh, something's a little incongruent about that guy, or this guy's no threat, or mm, I'm not really sure what I like about this guy. Or they're like, oh, I'm attracted to this person. I'm not sure why. And then it's yours to kind of screw up. Men, on the other hand, we are a little bit more blunt uh, of a blunt instrument. We might go, scary person. And that might be all that we got. But we yeah. don't know why. We don't really get why. Fat. Or, yeah, <laughs> fat. And it, honestly, if, if you're not used to looking at this and thinking, you think, I'm not judgy. I don't judge people. Walk it through a mall. Walk down the street. And you'll be like, attractive, fat, child funny yeah scary like your brain does this this is how we've survived for however long we have without getting crushed by everything yeah and so if we listen to those impressions and then we also look at people's lower half of their body the way that they walk like you can tell a lot by someone's gait in fact creepy anecdote i think it was ted bundy now that i think about it he was interviewed about who would make a good victim and he's like i can just tell by the way someone walks if they're going to be a good victim and they look at serial killers and they're like, yep, can tell by the way that this person walks, they're going to be a good victim. So serial killers are probably the best at sizing people up. They're really good. Psychopaths are really good at this because they have no, uh, and this is not clinical, so somebody who's a doctor or psychologist will correct me here, but they don't have a lot of interference when it comes to, oh, well, this person's probably nice, So did I, or they look like, th they just kind of predator mode, reptile brain go, that person can't defend themselves. And it's like second nature for them to look at that and do that. Well, it's interesting. I uh, ooh, I draw in, I've always drawn in um, narcissists. As relationship partners? As really, Not my wife, obviously. And yeah, she's My she current nice. group of friends. But in the past, I would draw in people that were clearly out of their fucking mind. Like the way they would behave, they would take liberties with you that were, that were uh, egregious. And and they were narcissists. I think now I know they're narcissists. Yeah. But I I might talk to Stanhope about it one night at Johnny Depp's house. We were just bullshitting, and we were talking about past relationships of got like, and and who you draw in. <clears throat> and I had to be very cognizant of like of the types of people that I brought to me. The type people that were found me a, a good fit as a friend. Yeah. And I I literally I shut down entirely with making friends because I was fucking up so much. Was it guys and girls that you were bringing into your life that were narcissists? It was every, yeah, across the board. I had a girlfriend uh, at a point that was cl clearly um, emotionally and, and, and just across the board unstable and 100% a narcissist, 100%. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail because I just recently realized that just because someone wronged you in your life, that doesn't mean that doesn't give you the liberties to just go and trash them for the rest mm. of your life. You should get past it, forgive them, and realize all your flaws that you brought to that relationship. But but it wasn't. I mean, I got to. It's, I mean, if we're going to be very very honest, mm -hmm. I had such an issue with making friends that Rogan pulled me aside and was like, he had a shot of whiskey and a beer, and he was like, hey man, we're trying to be your friend. And you're not letting us be your friend. I was like, wow. I was like, yeah, I don't do you that built anymore. A wall I just up. built a wall up where I was like, I was like, I'll be nice to you when I see you, but I'm not going to be your friend. I don't want to be anyone's friend. I'm done with friends. And so 
I wonder if that I wonder if that goes two ways. You know, I wonder if not. I wonder if what. Tell me something about narcissism. Do you know anything about narcissism? Yeah, actually, I had a, a retired FBI agent on the show. His yeah. name is Joe Navarro, and he helped create the behavioral analysis program at the FBI back in. I don't want to make him feel old, but like in the private eighties or maybe even the earlier than that now. Yeah. And he wrote a book. I wish I could remember the title. He's written a bunch of books. I read it recently and I interviewed him about this on the show. He points out different levels of like narcissism and predatory behavior. Cause I'm a, I think I'm part narcissist. I think I'm, I'm I think I'm, a, I'm a, my wife calls me a soft narcissist and that I, ju- I happen to think about myself a lot. As opposed to thinking of other people. Go ahead. Yeah, going. but there's a difference between being a narcissist and and being selfish and being somebody who's focused on yourself. There's a huge chasm between, or a spectrum anyway. Yeah. Because a narcissist might be somebody who's like, well, somebody who's self-focused might be like, yeah, I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about my career. And your wife might be like, you have, when are we going to go on vacation as a family or something like yeah. some weird. Or, hey, we're at dinner. Time. Stop mouthing jokes in your head. Like, I'll be at dinner and I'll just be going, like, doing a joke. Yeah. And she'll be like, hey, dial in. And I'm like, huh? I don't even know I'm doing it. That has to do with, be, yeah, so you're not being present in that moment, which is, like, forgivable. You're probably obsessed with comedy, I would guess. Yeah. You're obsessed with the craft of comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's actually pretty normal. And it, it, it's, I would say it's not. A dis- I, look, I don't have dinner with you and your family, but yeah. like, although I wouldn't say no to the invitation, the, <laughs> I, I don't think that that's narcissism. Narcissism, especially to the nth degree, when you're talking about like pathological, according to specialists like Joe Navarro, is when somebody is essentially unable to focus on other people because they're so self-focused. Like I would imagine when you go to a sporting event with your kids or something like that, you're hanging out with your kids and you're like, hey yeah. guys, you want a hot dog? You want some popcorn? You want a drink? You're not like going, running around the stadium, leaving them there alone and like getting drunk on your own because you're trying to hang out with the athletes or something like that. Like no. that, that's narcissism. No, but I've dated that. Y- you've dated that. Yeah. Yes. That's narcissism for real. <laughs> and there, there is a spectrum of this. So it can be a little softer. Wow. I've dated a, that. Being a soft narcissist is not somebody who's not present. Being, yeah. being a narcissist is somebody who, leaves you alone somewhere else and goes and hangs out with celebrities because they had the chance to do it and they just they weren't thinking i'll explain this to bert later he'll understand they were just kind of like i don't give it they weren't even thinking about you and they're actually surprised let me guess their your ex-girlfriends were surprised that you were so pissed off yeah. that they did all this crazy selfish shit wait they didn't understand y- it I, oh you, you should come with us we're you were all gonna go and you're like ah, i'm yeah. done i'm yeah. wrapped I, that, that was a chick I was in and out of before we had sex. I just caught it so fast, and I was like, "Oh wait, I was I was no longer in the I was no longer in your realm." Yeah, like I was just some guy that drove you there in your head, and you're like, "Huh, what?" Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot. That's why narcissism, especially like clinical narcissism, it's not like, wow, you're deliberately making me feel bad by ignoring me. And you, I drove you here and we're on a date. I can't believe you did that. And you're just thinking this person's really selfish. In their head, they're almost completely blindsided by the idea that they should have been spending that time with their kids instead of like worried about looking cool or being famous or chasing a woman somewhere. And narcissists that are in relationships they often do things like 
go off with somebody else while they're with their partner because that person is more interesting to them and can do more for them. And then when their partner's like, hey, you ditched us at Disneyland, they're just like, well, of, I mean, I saw Johnny Depp. So, of course, I. What do you? why are you mad? You're being weird. And you're like, wait, am I this being weird? This is about my career. And they gaslight you. And they make you think that you're the crazy one for being upset that you had to spend the day at, at Disneyland with your kids alone while they were like off drinking with a producer. Yeah, that makes total fucking sense. Yeah. So, so is there something about like, is there something? Ab say, say you have a weird gait, and yeah. serial killers are attracted to you. How do you notice that and change it before? Say, or, or say myself, like you you find yourself attracting a certain type of person. There's a, I think there's a, I don't like confrontation and I think nar narcissists love people who don't like confrontation. Yeah. I think narcissists probably, I don't know if they like people who don't like confrontation as much as those are the people that end up with narcissists for a longer period of time. Cause there's probably, that's it. Does that make sense? That makes, that makes a lot there's of sense. Probably a lot of narcissists where they're like, like, let's say I met the same girl <laughs> that you dated. That was a narcissist. I might meet her, talk to her for five minutes and go, okay, this, this, no thank you yeah whereas you're just kind of like i don't know i mean she's cute so whatever maybe you're not attuned to that or maybe you're you're bringing that into your life in some way like i don't want to get too personal but maybe someone in your family was like that or maybe there were people that tolerated that shit in your family I don't know. or there was an experience that you had when you were younger that caused you to to pick those is this one person that you dated or do you have like a narcissist no, 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 string no. Of no i had a few i had a few good friends like guy friends that were out of their fucking minds and would do things where you're like fucking and in a weird way it would it was things you would allow you would never allow and then you allowed it and then you're like what the fuck mm -hmm. and then you just had to break up with them and then yeah. but then and then, then i still have some of them come in and out of my life um at times and and you and you keep everyone at arm's distance a little bit but then you hang out with them a little bit and all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're back in. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden the crazy shit happens again and you're like, motherfucker, I knew that. And and, and my biggest problem, and I, I was talking the other night uh, about we were talking about doing jujitsu and and, uh, and I was saying to someone, I was saying, uh, you know, my problem is I have a problem with confrontation. I don't like confronting people. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be, I don't know how that's going to allow, I don't know how that's going to translate in me physically grabbing something fighting with something. i don't i don't like fighting i don't like arguing i don't like there's a lot of things i don't like that i've just set myself up in a life where i don't have to deal with it then the, then bjj is probably really good for you because you get to be in pseudo manufactured conflict with somebody that's in a controlled situation and you'll get to like, look, I hate to be all like BJJ is a metaphor for life, but I'm, I've heard so much about that being the case. And when I did martial arts when I was younger, I was also like, oh, I don't I don't push people around. I'm not a bully. And it's like, well, you're sparring. You just you do it and you get over that. And then when somebody does push back on you in real life, you're kind of like, oh, I probably shouldn't stand for this. And I know I shouldn't stand for this. And in the past, I have stood for this, and it's resulted in bad outcomes for me. So maybe I will actually try pushing back because when I did that in this other area of my life, like jujitsu, I'm supposed to do that. Yeah, and I have confidence being able to do that. I get not wanting to push back and not wanting to be confrontational. Uh, there's a lot of people that aren't confrontational though that also don't stand for narcissistic behavior. They just avoid it. That's right? What I do? I yeah. think I think I I just if I sent nowadays if I sent something out. I just 
fucking die, you're done. Like I just, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, cool. Just, just circumnavigate it. Interesting. So you you don't do conflict, but you will avoid it, and you, and then those do those people wonder like, what happened to Bird? I thought we were friends. A lot of people. A lot of people have asked. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. Huh. <laughs> I was talking to Nick Swartzen last night about. Oh, there's so many people that have given me their phone number and been like, dude, we should hang out. And I was like, uh-huh. Is that why this show took four or five no, years to schedule? No. Like, no. Jordan, First of all, I am weird. so bad at like, I'm so bad at replying to people. That's a, a fucking thing that I, I wish I could fix about myself is I, I do not, I, Simon Rex was with Nick Swartz and I'm not name dropping at all, but no, Simon, I mean, this is your industry. It makes sense. Simon was, and me and Nick were together and I said something about, I said, I was, we were talking about, and I said, yeah, I don't, I don't reply to people like people give me their number and they'll text me and I'll just be like, uh huh. And I just, I'll read it, but I, I won't reply. Simon goes, uh, yeah, I'm well aware of that. And I went, how do you know that? And he goes, because you got to take the thing off your Instagram where if, where I know that you've read it. And I went, you know that I've read your messages and you're like, thanks Bert. I was like, he's like, bro, you read my message. Like four weeks ago and you haven't replied i was like yeah sometimes i read it and i get the information and i'm done but yeah i'm i let's like how many unread texts do you have right now <laughs> simon just texted me on insta on, on, on uh twitter and he says looks like you did it again <laughs> i'm just gonna give you my number <laughs> I'm fucking horrible. I'm horrible about replying to people. What can you do to make me a better businessman? Like make oh. me take me to the next level. My flaws and eccentricities and like I can shake a hand and look someone in the eye. I'm got that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's I, the... I'm good at entering a room. I'm good at getting people to like me. Yeah. Um, but where like where like what are the most obvious shortcomings that you see where you go, this is what you can do to fucking it's so funny you are good at getting people to like you and then when they do you're like uh crap i don't want to deal with this anymore <laughs> you got it dude i was like that with i have a i have weird intimacy issues i have very weird intimacy. but you're issues. married yeah yeah yeah. And you have kids my wife oh uh, this is this defines me i feel like i'm in therapy right now yeah um i, I like met my wife at a well, i'd seen her a bunch she was so i, I was in love with her the second first time i saw her i was like She's gorgeous. Uh, she looked younger then, but uh, <laughs> but uh, she was gorgeous, and I had, like kind of flirted with her a couple times, but she was a cunt, and so I was like, I, I, really? I love cunts. She I, probably just went, this is going to be one of those guys that jerks me around and doesn't answer my text messages. You, you, uh, you, yeah. Or phone calls or whatever. 100%. And so then we went all went bowling, and we hung out, and we had a great time, and she was like, she was like, you sh- uh, I'll give you my number. We should hang out sometime. As soon as she said that, I went, pass. Wow. The second she said that, I was like, I'm dealing with the whore. Oh, man. That's the way my brain works. I know this is broken brain talk, and I know yeah. that people are going to be like, what? Literally, the second she gave me her number, I was like, she fucks a lot of dudes. She does this a lot. Self-worth issues. Yeah. That's what that is. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I have hardcore self-worth issues. And then and then she called my roommate and said, hey, I, I, I gave Bert my number. How come he hasn't called me? And he goes, I don't know. He's right here. Why don't you ask him? Dang, thrown under the bus by the roommate. That was yeah. good, though. Yeah. And so I, I got on the phone and I was like, hello. She was like, hey, I gave you my number. What's up? And I was like, nothing. I just I just got back from spin class. She was like, well, 
are, are, you said you wanted to do something. Are we going to do something? I mean, then she said, if you ask me out, I'll say yes. And I was like, do, do you want to go out? She was like, yes. I go, when? And she goes, when do you want to go out? And I was like. Take the lead, damn it. Yeah. And I, on, then Bert. I told her and I took her on a date and we had a fucking blast. And I told her that night, here's the deal. I don't, I'm not like a, I don't fuck people on the first night. Like, I'm not like that kind of person. I'm a little more reserved. And she was like, huh? And I was like, you I mean, you just want to have sex, right? And she was like, oh my God, who the fuck do you think I am? And I was like, I was like, you're a whore, right? <laughs> you did not say that. I don't that. know if I said that exactly, but that, but trust me when I say that definitely came out that night. And she was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, wow. I was so... I was so turned off from like the Hollywood scene and w the way things worked. Is that when you you were living here already? I was living here. Yeah, I was living. I was living in the fucking hills. I was in the Hollywood scene. Oh wow! And um, and she was like, no. And then we hung out a few, little bit, and then I think then she fell in love with me first. I I fell in love with her very quickly, but I didn't say anything. And then she fell in love with me first. But I am like that. Like if I give you my number, like this is a perfect example. I gave a bunch of people my number last night, and they all texted me, and I don't know what to text back. Like, oh, I don't interesting. know. Like, what? Well, let me put it. Let me ask this. It's not just that you don't know what to text back. I mean, you know how to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. What's going through your head when you go pick up that phone and you look at that text? What exactly are you worried about? Because it's not like you don't know what to say. You're trying to elicit an outcome, and you don't know how to get that outcome. What's the outcome you want? Uh, my uh, my only outcome I ever want is. Uh, is people like me? That's it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was very honest. Yeah. I was gonna say it for you, but then I didn't want to be a dick. No. Yeah. Gonna say that. Yeah. I want people like. So me. you want people to like you, and you're afraid that whatever you type is not going to get that response, so you avoid it. I've had. I've typed. I've had a lot. I think maybe I've had an abnormal amount of moments where I type something that I find very funny, and the and people don't get it. I bet you that if you counted those times, and then you looked at how few they actually were, and then you looked at the outcome and. And instead of magnifying how negative it was in your head, you thought, yeah, we took like an honest look at it. Somehow, if we somehow could display this out on a display, right, we'd find it doesn't happen that often. And when it did, it mostly was a joke that fell flat. Almost Probably nobody's like, that Burke guy is so mean. I can't believe it. I'm not hiring him for my kid's birthday party or this giant show. Like, it never really cost you anything. It probably never really cost you anything. In your head, you thought, this person hates me now and I look like an, a an ass. That probably happened maybe once if, not, if, it, if it ever happened at all. I had, an, I had a run I had a run in with, uh, this is a perfect example. Uh, I had a run in with an agent who was being, um, I would say forward. I wouldn't say aggressive. I'd say forward about business decisions I was making. He wasn't my agent. Oh, okay. But he was being forward about business decisions I was making. And implying that I was making the incorrect decisions and that with his help, I would make correct decisions. And, and it was very, it was, when I say it was, I'd say aggressive only because it was very long texts. Very, you can move that as much as you need okay, to. Okay. I didn't want to make no, any No, 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 you can move us. it. No, it's fucking, who gives a fuck? And so, and so I just didn't reply. I just didn't reply at all. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to reply. I, this I, is the confrontation thing, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. My, my best friend, uh, is a comedian Tom Segura. Oh yeah, and so, he's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, well, he's really large, so that happens. Doctor Drew had him on. Yeah, and so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so, um, Segura had the same interaction with another agent, and he showed it to me, and his replies were so fucking awesome. 
I was like, I could never have written that. I like it was so he replied in such a great passive aggressive way back that I was like, fuck. And then with emojis, like he's so good at emojis. Oh like, yeah. I'm a, I'm jealous of people's emoji game too. They dude, get like an eggplant and a splash. And I'm like, yeah. that does look like a dick. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, motherfucker. I just don't reply. I just don't reply. Yeah, I could see that. So you you go tell me if this is true. Yes. You look at things and you you think about the interaction in your head, which is a, a really common among comedians because you guys are always delivering material and practicing it and thinking about how it's going to go. And if you don't like the outcome that you think about in your head, you just don't engage in it at all. How close am I? Uh, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. There's a lot of people I don't reply to because yeah. I just don't. The outcome is not worth the replying. It's the same with Twitter. I don't post things on Twitter that there was this uh, this thing. There was a, anything fucking. Like I saw, I I saw there was a. Did you see the two hand, four handed condom box yesterday? No, I did not. There was. A, I looked at your Twitter just on the way here too. I didn't see it. No, no, no. I did. I didn't reply uh, okay. because I don't want to deal with shit. So like, there's a they these uh, Argentinian marketing company came up with a condom box that needs. It's called a. It's called a uh, not compliance condom. Uh, consent. Con- consent condom. So you, you need four hands to open the box. So. And it would suggest that you and your partner open it together oh, to put the con- so that if the condom is then used, that obviously there was consent. It's so problematic. Like as soon as I read that, I was like, I was like, all right. First of all, I like, I, I mean, I I came up with so many scenarios to tweet about that. Yeah. And then I was like, it's not worth it. It's not worth the outcome. Is but too controversial. Yeah, or? and I just go, it's not worth tweeting. I don't mind talking about it on stage. I don't mind figuring out the bit and writing it. But like, it just, it's like, but that's how I feel with texts. It's funny because it seems like the same thing that makes you really good at crafting and delivering comedic material in a special on stage, etc., is pretty much exactly the same thing that keeps you from having normal conversations with people in real life. Yeah. On your phone. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the texts I have right now that I won't reply to. Fucking all of these. Those all the DMs. Do you mark them as read, or you just kind of skip them? Uh, or you read them first. I don't know. I, I wish I could make it so people didn't know I read their texts. Oh yeah. I mean, text you can on Instagram. You can't. Um, on text, I I don't know how to do that. But like, yours isn't on. Mine isn't on. No, no red receipts. Oh you. Oh for real. Oh nice. Yeah. So you're getting away with that. Um, just not on Instagram. I well, Josh Adam Myers just text. This is a perfect example. I, I was looking for an example. I saw this and I didn't qualify it as an example, but this is a perfect fucking example. Josh Adam Myers just texted me. By the way, I look, these are all his texts. Oh wow. So he he's very comfortable texting me. Yeah. Like I wish I could be like that. He's probably wondering why you never reply. It starts of off with, Hey buddy, sorry to bug you. <laughs> Checking if you can do my main room show next Tuesday at the store. Let me know either way. I need a... Okay. Um, main room store... Th- See, okay. Now, here's another thing I do. So, I read that, and then I just get out of it. Because I go, I I, I got to do some thinking about that. I can't just... Sure. I but you just... don't really want to do the thinking about it. You just want it to go away, right? Yep. Yeah. I want it to go away. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> I get that. It's like getting an email from the IRS, and you're just like... I don't really, or maybe not an email, like a letter. You're like, I don't want to handle that. It's like a bill. Yeah. You just think, I, my life would be better if I didn't have this sitting on my kitchen table. 
With yeah. a bill, you you know you have to pay because you know there are consequences. With a text, you can kind of go, there's not going to be consequences that I really have to deal with. Like, I'll probably see him at a show, and we'll have a beer, and we'll be cool, so then this won't matter anymore. So you're kind of like, that's a problem for future Bert. I don't really envy that guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. how I am. Yeah. I don't reply common. to any fucking emails. Dude, you want to you see something that'll give you anxiety? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have your, unre- your 116,000 unread emails. Uh, it is it is 58,000. 58, that's that's a lot of emails unread. But 58,000 unread emails. I said I put a I put a uh, something up online of a conversation I had with me and my daughter. Mm-hmm. It was a text thing, and Whitney Cummings just hit me up and goes, "Oh my God, how many unread texts do you have?" Oh, because she could see the... She could see it on my thing. Yeah. Because I'll see it, and if I don't want to deal with it, I just don't read it, because I, I don't know if people can see that I've read it or not, so I just don't even read it. Do you reply to anybody's text? Like, your wife must text you, and you're like, okay. I reply. Oh, you, yeah. see, I want... What I'd like is I would like to be able to reply to text. Uh, like, there's a group of my friends called the Campers. We're, like, four families. I reply to their text, and I can say whatever the fuck I want. I say horrible fucking shit, and I... I Tom Segura... Uh, me, Tom, Ari, and Joe are in a text that I reply. I can say whatever the fuck I want there. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do what I do with my close friends um, to everyone, but I don't. I just don't. Yeah, I, I mean that—that's really normal. Okay. Yeah, right. it's really normal. I would say that you're taking it to a, a higher degree by ignoring a lot of people that you actually like. But I get that you have anxiety about that stuff. That's 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 pretty normal. The way that you're handling it is like probably not ideal for for you and them but it's not look it's not like when you get that you start doing some unhealthy you, you don't like start drinking when you get uh, a text message or what like, about what about turn this your phone off what about this no but i i got diagnosed with social anxiety disorder when i was in when i was like 20 29 28 wow that's so late uh well you know what though i think it's inaccurate because the woman said to me um I, I, I was just like I'm telling you right now about texting. Yeah. My big thing then was if someone called and I didn't want to talk to them, I didn't answer the phone. And sure. I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, no, you're supposed to answer the phone when someone calls. And I go, no. Uh, and I was no. like, I was like, isn't it possible that what is now happening is we are in a world where it's so invasive that there's so much people have so much access to you that the way a human was created back in the day. Sure. Where it was like even before telephones were there. I'm just trying to hold on to a grasp of that. Sure. That's completely normal. Yeah. If she diagnosed you with social anxiety disorder, because you don't answer the phone when it rings, then every single person in who has a cell phone has social anxiety. It disorder. was at the beginning of the height of cell phones. Yeah. That's where that's everyone complete. where, where ever, like, and I was like, no, no, there's a lot of times I like, if I see a friend and I go not taking that. Yeah. No, she I was like, no, you should be answering the phone. No, she I, that's is, what I told her. She was a fucking idiot. Yeah. No, she that's wanted me ridiculous. to get on, uh, on Zoloft and I was like for the phone yeah. hell no I was like I'm not getting on Zoloft because I don't like talking to people on the phone no that's 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 actually irresponsible of her I'm not a doctor but that's yeah. completely ridiculous half of more than half the calls I get now are people first of all unknown number not getting it at yeah. all even and if it's a friend of mine that I know wants to chat and they're they're the kind of person who calls when they have time and they want to like get go deep dive on something I won't answer it because otherwise the conversation is, hey, what's up? Good to hear from you. I can't talk right now. I'll call you later. And then I just forget. If I leave the missed call on there, then I'll call them back when I have time. Somebody diagnosing you with social anxiety, 
purely based on that is completely ridiculous. Also, it doesn't make a ton of sense for somebody who stands up in front of thousands of people to have social anxiety disorder. Now, it is possible because there's plenty of people that can perform but can't interact one-on-one. Yeah. You're also not that person. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, that lady was a fucking quack. Yeah, that's uh, that's super quackville. Yeah. That's super quackville. Right, tell me more shit. Sure. Uh, I, I need a prompt. I'm never good at this whole, like, write a paper about anything you want. That um, was never my bag. T- uh, tell me more about, like, uh, I want to I want to know about I, I'm fascinated about sizing people up because I size people up very quickly. Yeah. And I would love to know no, more about kind of the people and the fucking tracks they fall into. Yeah, like, sure. The type of people, like, like I'm an extrovert. Uh, they have introverts. Like, th- like that kind of shit. Like, yeah, sure. Like, like tell- archetypes of personalities. Yeah. I think that's my, maybe what we talked about with Jay Moore. I'm trying to remember because that was like a year or two ago. It was, a, it was a long time ago. It was definitely two years ago, I think. Uh, and it was I was I was fascinated by it. I was eating breakfast in a um, in a in a in a whatchamacallit. I wish I could remember what that conversation was, but I was fascinated by the archetypes of people yeah. that you run into that like the types of people that like the type of person that would steal from someone, the type of person that would give things to someone, you know, like like yeah. oh and then there's a the type of person that would just avoid it altogether, you know, like Yeah. I think what I talked about with Jay and I could I'm going off like a I feel really bad talking about Jay because I haven't spoken to Jay in probably nine years. Really? Yeah, I haven't talked to him in nine years. I'll text him after this and be like, please you don't. should call Bert Kreischer no, right no, now. No, no, please do <laughs> not. I, I, I have nothing wrong. I have no problems with Jay. I have no beef with Jay. But we used to be really good friends. We had a, a breakup. And, oh, and, I didn't know uh, that. It was very public. It was very, it was very public, and, and it was really horrible to go through. Um, and uh, And then we both kind of just, you know, we're on our own paths and mm-hmm. very, I think, very happy with it. And then, and then you know, uh, I think he would he reached out once via Twitter, like you know, let's talk. But the problem is, uh, I've changed so much from who I was then to who I am today that I don't know. I, I, part of me goes, I don't know if it would vibe, and I don't. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm really happy right now. And at that sure. time. I think our our dynamic of our relationship was very very different. It was very different. It was it was a lot more of like a, it was it was very complicated too, you know. And and but uh, but yeah. And so and did you relate mostly on like negative things or no no? It was you know, it's really hard to talk about because I don't I don't because I kind of just shut it off, like. I had I I was having issues about it or or not speaking. I started going to therapy about it, and then Joey Diaz found out that I was going to therapy about it, and was like, "Fuck that shit, dog. We have coffee every fucking day, and we talk this out until you're done with it." And then uh, and at the end, we talked for like a month. Every morning we'd have coffee. We didn't talk about that per se every day, but at, at the end of the month, he's like, "You know, sometimes you got to write shit off, dog." Sometimes you gotta go. It didn't fucking work. It did. You know what? I'm fucking done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm just fucking done. I did that with cocaine. I just said I'm fucking done. I'm fucking done. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm done. And I just shut it off. I just shut yeah. it off. I didn't speak about him. I didn't talk about him. I didn't, like if his name came up, I kind of just was like, I shut off. And then when he reached out, I was like, just shut off. And that's huh. kind of the way I shut it down. I was like, I was like, you know what? 
I had I have fond memories of, of us together. I don't think of the bad thing that you know got us to not be friends. I think of the good times. I don't think of the bad things. I think of all the good times. I have good memories. I have fond memories. And I just go, uh, we're in very different places in our lives. And mm-hmm. I'm fucking, my, my focus right now doesn't have a lot of room for uh, for anything new. I, I, or and, or going backwards. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I tour like fucking crazy. Yeah, I do my podcast. I have a, a tight-knit group of friends that I that I stick around and I, and I talk to and I, I hang out with. And, and I, I can't just... It's just it's not it's not in the cards for me right now. You know that's that's very normal too. I, how old are you right now? I don't even. Forty six. Okay, so was this like a decade ago or something, or was it more? It was uh, right when I started trip flip. It was yeah probably probably like eight probably yeah maybe ten years no no not not ten years ago probably eight years ago yeah I mean as and this is especially true for men but as we get older we actually make fewer friends no surprise i mean that's mm-hmm. pretty much everyone's experience it only becomes a problem when and you probably have guy friends like this too a lot of guys our age they have like no friends that they can talk to about anything yeah and it's actually really uh has a lot of negative mental health consequences and it, i honestly like all psa like joking aside if you are listening to this right now and you realize you don't have a lot of guy friends just make sure that you're taking care of your emotional health. Cause there are a lot of our suicide rate at around our age is through the fucking roof. I've had a lot because of friends kill themselves because we're lonely as hell. It's not unique to the comedy sphere. There are guys that are successful doctors and lawyers that are the loneliest people you'll ever meet because their career took precedence. They got a family. Maybe those circumstances have changed. Maybe they're not, but there, you know, this from your, your chat groups with all, all those other guys, you, you need that outlet. Like we need that outlet Guys have to be able to bro out and and vent and do this. Like you were talking before, when humans were first made, evolved this way. This is tribal stuff. We, you know, hunting parties, going out. We have to have that outlet, or there's something missing from our psyche as men. Yeah, and it it results in a lot of depression, uh, depression, and it results in a lot of negative emotional health consequences for guys. We we deal with this a lot, just yeah. as men. I I uh, I'm very grateful for because you know. Tom and I have always been close, but um, when Joe pulled me aside, he's like, "You need to like," because I shut, I just shut off, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was very grateful for him saying, "Like, you got to let us be your friend." Yeah, because I just was not. I that's not the way my brain was at. I was like, "I'm not good with friends. I don't need friends. I got my fucking family. I got that's my focus." My wife was the one that was like, we need friends that aren't in the industry. You need like regular friends that aren't comics because you're just turning into a very like, I mean, my sense of humor was so fucking dark because my my friends, I could say the most horrific things in the world to them. And, sh- and my wife was noticing that happening in social scenes where I was like, fuck them, they don't get it. Like, and my wife's like, no, you need a group of like, like grounded friends also. Yeah. So I have two sets of friends. I have a, uh, our, our school friends like kids are friends with sure and then i have my i <laughs> then i have my my comedian friends which and they're very different you know like yeah, me, and my, me, and, me and my uh me and my f- school friends are all in a pot growing contest right now we're oh that's growing, that's kind of cool we're all growing marijuana so you can grow the best marijuana i saw those photos on your instagram is that what you're, you're yeah wrong? yeah and then and now my gardeners uh entered the contest because he thinks i'm a fucking idiot because I'm white. He said to me, he goes, he's like, uh, why are you doing that? And I was like, 
Well, I just thought it'd be funny. He goes, yeah, but that's my job. Like, that's what I do. You can't grow marijuana. And I was like, yeah, I can. And he's like, no, you can't even mow your lawn. He goes, <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, let me do it for you. You're white. Like, and I went, huh? I couldn't. What if I did that to you? What if I saw you working on your taxes at your car? And I was like, oh, you should let me do that. You're Mexican, man. You can't do that. What a fucking horrific thing to say to me. But, yeah. you know, in, in this society. Yeah, you can be racist against white I'd, people right I'd now. Explain, I'd explain to my daughter that you couldn't be racist. She saw the interaction. She was like, that was crazy. And she goes, was he being racist? I go, no, you can't be racist to white people. You, I, I really don't think you can be racist to white people. You can commit a hate crime, a hate crime on white people, but you can't be really white, racist to me. I, I think... I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. I think people can be racist to white people. It's just no, that we just don't, don't like we them. don't give a crap that yeah, much. Yeah, you because, just don't like us. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, you don't like white people. Good Guess luck, I'll good luck getting through society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If that's where you're gonna hang your hat, that you just don't like white people. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck getting a home loan. Good luck getting a fucking car. Good luck with getting. Good luck when you get an operation. Good luck. There, white people are fucking everywhere. You yeah. can't do. You can't just go. I hate white people. I I can't hate Mexicans. I love fucking margaritas. Like I mean, I can't hate Mexicans. I love Mexican food. I I love, dude. I was actually thinking about this today in my kitchen. I was like, um. Obviously, we have a we have a maid, not a maid. We're not allowed to call her maid. Oh, like, is that the, a thing? I don't even know now. Housekeeper? She's not a housekeeper. She comes once a week. And I called her our maid, and my daughter's lost her shit. They're like, really? She's not our maid. She's Sylvia. Call her Sylvia. I don't even know these new rules, man. Yeah. And so, and so. Uh, We're going to have kids. Well, what I thought is, it's got to be nice. F- this sounds fucking very privilegy, but it's got to be nice for her to be able to come to a house and work where no one's supporting Trump. Like that would be fucked up. And then I thought, oh, yeah. I bet there are maids in Texas, yeah, and course. in L.A. where they go in and the and there's Trump shit everywhere, and they know fully that the people they're cleaning the house of want her and her family kicked out of this country, but that yet they still have her yeah. cleaning their house. It was such a how and do I, you reconcile that if how you're do you one reconcile of those people? that at all? I mean, it's so crazy. Yeah, you know. Those that's when you have your toilet cleaned and then they use the same cloth on like all of your countertops and cup and cups. I mean, it's so fucking mind blowing to me. It, racism blows me away. In, in in I'm talking about pure racism. I'm not talking about like uh you know, I I have a joke that I've been saying that's kind of, I can't figure out where to put it. I like the joke, but uh I'm not racist, but I can't throw a perfect game. Like I'm gonna yeah, say fucked up shit every now and then. It's gonna happen. I I have fucked up thoughts. I I'm it's I'm not perfect, but I'm definitely not racist. And I can't understand. That's why I say you can't be racist to white people. Good luck getting through life. Is there? I do think there are black people who just genuinely hate white people. Definitely. 100%. Oh my god! I used to be the only white guy at a place where I worked, and I saw that all the time. Not from my coworkers, just yeah. from other people around. Just hate white people, yeah. and I understand that. I uh. uh and there are people who just hate black people. I don't understand how you can get through life if you hated black people. Like, if you just hated black people, I don't understand. I, your life has such blinders on it yeah. where you can find enjoyment. If if you didn't like Asian people, like, that's... I can understand. My, our best friends are Vietnamese, like our legit best friends. Uh, our families do everything together. I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine just 
hating Asian people. You're married it's, to it. Yeah, to, uh, my wife is American, but her family's Taiwanese. It's just too much work to hate any it's a whole so group of people. It's actually just too much work, and it's fucking inconvenient. Yeah. So you have to be able to, you have to be willing to like put in the work to be racist and ignorant. Back in the day, it was probably easier. Like if you lived in a white neighborhood in Detroit, and you went to school with some black kids and then you worked with some black people and you're like oh they're okay but everybody else blah, blah, blah. like my uncles are kind of like that sometimes yeah. and I'm like okay it's annoying but they're kind of like I, I get it it's more like show off tough guy BS but it was probably easier back then because you had limited contact now I'm the one of the only white guys in my social circle because I'm married to an Asian woman and then we hang out with all of our friends and I live in Northern California where I'm probably a minority anyway if yeah. we really do the math it's just it's just too much work yeah. to be isol to isolate yourself like there's too much work in on the coasts to do that. I think it's better when you just have uh, level-headed friends that know there's no hate meant by anything you say. So if you say something a little off color that you don't, it's it's, it's like like I, I said one time, I said one time uh, at, a, at a dinner party, and it wasn't even a dinner party. It was a, it was Chinese New Year's. Um, Made the flippant statement that I could beat any Asian in a foot race, <laughs> and uh, and like obviously was well, it's based on the fact that by the way I I wish I could work this as a joke it's just as too aggressive as a, of a story. It doesn't sound that bad for some reason though I don't know probably because it's such a ridiculous level of comparison. Oh oh fuck Mark Norman I love you Mark Norman but uh um <clears throat> will you write that down that Asian thing. Uh, yeah, Mark um, Norman. I know him. Mark he's Norman. Fine. Just he's, yeah, he's the best. So, um, and then my buddy and I went out. My my buddy and I went out and raced in the front yard, and I beat him. I beat him in a foot race, <laughs> and we laughed so hard. And I was saying the most fucked up shit all night. I said to his wife, "Hey, Sandy, would you get me?" She's Asian. I go, "Would you get me a Tito's?" And say, ah, you know what? I'll get it. It'll take you forever to get there. And so, and <laughs> but like, if you have level-headed friends, I can't imagine having some virtue signaling, yeah, fucking yeah. progressive, uh, fucking friend who you can't even fucking break balls with, or you can't. It would be that that stuff super annoying, and I, I obviously there's plenty of backlash on that, both in California and in the nation as a whole. I mean, you the backlash on that, and it is annoying because if you're that far on the left in virtue signaling, you actually can't win. So, like, if you're the most PC person in the world, there's going to be somebody who's just looking for, like, some weird microaggression, which is another sort of bullshitty term now, mm -hmm. and they'll find something that you did that was completely unintentional that then you get labeled as, well, you're being racist now, and it's, so you can't win when you're on that side. That's why that side, that whole left side, is going to lose horribly, because they're making each other wrong all the time and the middle and the people leaning towards the right are just kind of like they're not doing that to the same degree you know they might disagree but at least at least they all agree that the left is you know a bunch of bs and eating its own tail the problem with the, the problem with the far right i say far oh. right far left yeah the problem yeah. is is that <clears throat> then they become they become tattletales and like they're going like they're going after james gunn for making a fucking off-color joke no no and I, by the way, I understand what they're doing because I have a fucking thing. I have a thing where I go, uh, hold your line. If that's your fucking line, then you hold that line across. You 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 can't pick. You can't pick when it's convenient for you. If you're gonna say no one can make jokes about fucking rape or this or that, 
then you fucking eat your own also. I don't, I don't want to hear a fucking word out of you. Because <laughs> my thing is, I support free speech across the board. Across the fucking board. I, I applaud when people want every bit of free speech. Every bit of free speech. And even the shit I don't like. The shit I don't like, I don't fucking, I won't, I won't try to silence you. Say what you want to say. I agree with you. I think the problem right now is there's a contingent of people that think words are the same thing as violence, which is really dangerous. It's it's, uh, it's a lot of younger people. Yeah. And it's because they really... I, I think it's because um, it's an entitlement. My, 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 my wife read a book called uh, The Coddling... What? Yeah. Coddling yeah. of the American Mind. Did you, were you Hyde. about to fucking put words in my mouth? I said, um, and so I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Haidt wrote that book. Yeah. Really good. He I, was on my show too. I love that guy's work. That's really a fucking good. Fucking interesting book. So who who all do you, who all, what kind of other authors do you have on your podcast and how do you get them? Yeah, I've you never know, fucking I've only wanted one author ever and that was uh the guy who wrote So You've Been Shamed. Oh, that sounds interesting. You never read that book? No. Dude. Who wrote it? Uh John Ronson. John Ronson? Oh. Yeah, he's a he's a super prolific writer. Yeah, his yeah. his podcast is. Do you have to get out of here? No, time? I'm I'm looking up who I had on recently. Sorry, I was trying to be all. Smooth. Oh, Halson will look it up. Halson, pull up. Uh, yeah, oh, we just got Halson a computer to go yeah. look things up. At. The Jordan Harbinger show, and and see who I've had on. The reason is because otherwise I'll be naming stuff that's like not out for two months, and then people oh, yeah. are like, "Hey, where's that one?" It's just annoying to service that um, whole thing. Uh, yeah, John Ronson. So you've been shamed is one of the most interesting books I've ever read. And basically, public shaming is fascinating, and it's fascinating in the way it's going right now. Because what has happened now is it's it has it has it has forced the it it, it got so overused that it has forced shamelessness on people. Is that now the only way to get by is to be shameless? And 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 I don't I think being shameless is unhealthy. I think it's like um. The thing that happened with so Donald Trump, I'll just use Donald Trump as a thing. He's shameless. I mean, he's across the board shameless. Uh, grab her by the pussies. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I never said that. I don't, whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's just locker room talk. Doesn't talk. care. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there should, you, there should be an even flow of shame in people. Of me, I, there's things I've said on stage and that I'm ashamed of that I, that I, I wish I could go back and change. But I, I can't. Is it like, is it shame, shame, or is it just like embarrassment because uh, I probably like, shouldn't have said ugh. that? I, yeah, embarrassment and and like, and just, and, and by the way, going, things have changed. I am aware that things have changed. Mm -hmm. I'm aware that like the, I, I, I'm not, not I, I'm a bad example because I don't, I've never, but there's a period of my career like that special where like, I, I am not proud of how I named bits back then because I named bits and put them online so that they would get people up in arms sure, and yeah. then they'd find me and now I look and I go I wish I just waited like one of the bits I was like let's talk about black people <laughs> and I was like I wish I'm not proud of the title of that bit that I put online but I can't I'm like but fuck it that's what I called that that's a, that because I I wasn't saying anything bad about black people but I knew that if I put that people would go Whoa, what's this guy gonna say? Yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. So like that little uh not viral appeal, what is that? Clickbaity type yeah. situation. I've said shit before where I go, yeah, that was fucked up. You should be allowed to go to own it and say, Yeah, like 
I that was fucked up, and uh, you know, I think I've grown. I think I've learned, well, and then, especially in comedy. Yeah, and then people go, and then people go. I actually, yeah, I'm cool with that. But that's not what happens. Now nah, it's not good enough. Look what happened with Kevin Hart. How many times did they want him to apologize? They're no, it's never going to be it's enough. Never enough. And then no. Kevin said, I heard Kevin say, and then and then if you give them attention, that's all they want. So you right. got to shut off their attention. So you got to be shameless. You got to be like, fuck you. I'm mm-hmm. not sorry. How you like that? I remember I had a friend one time. Uh, 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 Bill Burr. I was hesitant to say his name, but I know he doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Is he got in trouble for something he said on uh, Conan one time? And I ran into him and I said, uh, "How's everything going? Is everything okay with that?" And he goes, "With what?" And oh, I said, nice. I go with I don't know. Like I noticed, and he goes, "Who's saying it?" I said, "I don't know." He goes, "Did anyone say it at the coffee shop you're at today?" I said, "No." And he goes, "Who's saying it?" And I went, "I I don't know. I just saw that." Like and he goes, "But who are they? Do you know them?" I said, no, he goes, I don't know them. I don't see them. I don't see them walking down the street. They're not coming to my shows. Who are they? And I was like, yeah, who the fuck are they? Yeah. Like, they're not, like, if, you, if, you're, in, if you're in alignment with what you believe, you, you get to be shameless in a weird way. If you're like, fuck it, that's my thought. Yeah, I agree with that. I, the people that are doing that are often people that would have never. It's not like you got, hey, look, I've been to all your shows. I really like what you do. This, I kind of disapprove <laughs> of this one thing that you did. I'm a little disappointed yeah. in you. What you get is screeching outrage from somebody who heard of you yesterday from that particular offensive yeah. thing that you said. Screeching That's outrage it. is a great. I had a girl. I'll tell you what. There's one instance where I, I offended someone beyond belief. I heard what they said, and I and they hated me, but I allowed what they said in my brain to affect what I thought in a good way. I had a joke. I used to have a joke about getting a blowjob from my wife. It was an easy joke, but uh, you know what they don't like? When you grab them by the back of the head and shove them on your dick. And then I go, I tried the sensitive approach, you know, slide it in her mouth while she's sleeping, and just I'm like and then I mime face fucking her I go no you're dreaming you're snorkeling in the keys and uh this woman <laughs> this woman came up and just in in a meet and greet in New York it's like fucking 30 people and just starts screaming you're a rapist you're a rapist you raped your wife you raped your wife she's crazy this is a crazy person yeah, she's a crazy person but she's shaking she's so angry she's so fucking angry right Wow. And women are defending me across the board. They're like, it's a fucking joke. Yeah, it's a joke. It's yeah. a joke. And it's his wife. It's a joke. And she lost her shit and left. And then the next night I went to go do that joke in a defiant way. And I thought, it's a pretty easy joke. It's a pretty easy joke. And I bet there are women who woke up with a dick in their mouth at times in their Definitely. life. Definitely. There are definitely, I know, I have female friends that have had that experience. Yes. It's traumatizing, so maybe that could be triggering, but you can't not say things because yeah. some weird pervert 30 years ago did some something shitty. But what you I can't. thought, what I thought was, I wonder, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if I'm painting myself in a way I want to be painted. Like, dude. Would I ever shove my dick in my wife's mouth? Never. Never in a million years. I did put it on her shoulder the other day. But I thought that that just was trying to define what a dick is. That's a dick's for adventurous. And so, and so I just kind of... And then I, it was an older joke. It was an special. Yeah. And I stopped doing it. And I thought, that woman's outrage, as, as misconnected as it was, it allowed me to see 
the way I talk about sex with my wife. Because I was like, am I pointing? Am I am I using her as a vehicle for 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 this male on top of shit, or should I be more honest with what it, what we are doing? Because I never I've never done that. I've never grabbed her by the back of the head and thrown her on the dick. But and then I started going. I literally allowed this woman's outrage to filter the way I work on material, and I went, you know that. Who am I getting to laugh at that? It's a, it's a cheap joke. It's a, it's a fun joke, but it's a lot of fucking guys going, yeah, she's having her mouth while she's leaving. And it's definitely the guy that did it. The guy that did it, it's like, it does yeah. work. It does work. And and then I thought, or should I be the guy that connects with all these guys in the room that would actually never do that in a million years, but they are the guy that find that joke funny and they are in a relationship. What are they like? And then I, I, it was really an introspective way to look at outrage in my opinion where i was like i was like yeah no you can take someone's outrage and then filter it and go yeah where how how are people perceiving me how 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 should i represent myself does that make sense i do yeah that, that does make sense and i agree but i will say she probably could have gotten you to do that by going hey look bird i really love everything that you do i've been a fan for a while i'm so glad i came to the show the joke about that whole wife rape thing, it, it, it really makes me super uncomfortable. You raped your wife, and I find that really weird. I know it's a joke. Yeah. Just think about the way that that makes you look. Black Chick said that said something would, to me. Would have done the same thing. Yep, Black Chick said something to me in D.C. one time. I had a joke that I was working on that uh, I was a little aggressive, and she came up to me after meet and greet, and she was like, dude, I'm a big fan, great show. I would definitely reconsider that Black joke. And I went, really? She goes, I'll tell you why. And she told me, and I thought to myself, this changed a lot. That one conversation, I thought, huh, I am I am not that person. Yeah. And that is not how I want myself to be perceived. And it's definitely not how I want this woman to feel walking yeah, out of no my kidding. show. And I was like, I, I've said it on stage before. If you are offended by a joke that I have, come talk to me. I would love to hear your opinion. Mm-hmm. Um probably not not at this age in my life am i going to change much anymore because i'm i think i'm pretty dialed into like but i but i do because i i go i'm gonna stand by especially this hour but when i'm writing if there's something like if i just get done an hour and you see me on the road and i'm working on something and you're like i don't think he knows what he's saying i used to have a joke about um how you should first date a person like going out on first date and i had a punchline that i thought was fucking hilarious i thought it was hilarious and my friends were like, hey, man, that is not a great punchline. So it's, it's a really, it's not funny at all. And it's kind of sad. Oh, man. And I was like, really? And they're like, oh, yeah, I would stop telling it. I couldn't tell because I just, you, you, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hard art. It's a hard art form, I guess, in essence. Well, yeah, you, you have to, you have to find things that people find funny. Some of those things, there's a huge Venn diagram of what's going to be funny versus offensive. And you want to get in the middle of that. And it's really easy to just f- fall outside that line and just be offensive and or just tacky and people are like, eh, not funny. That's the hardest part when you go yeah. back. One of the things you said that I think is very strong is like about having friends. Um, yeah, you, yeah. For, is, for men, men having friends, like platonic guy friends. It's hard to make yeah. friends. Really hard to make. It's easier to fuck somebody that you don't know. Totally. Than to become a friend of somebody. 100%. And part of that is you've got to have a similar sensibility of what you find funny and not everyone's not everyone's the same no that's for sure true it's got to be things that you find funny it's also got to be there's a value alignment and and a lot of us for guys it's a lot of timing like you have kids so if you meet a guy that doesn't have kids 
there's a good chance that you guys are not going to click that that well because those girls are probably the center of your life in more ways than one. Some guy who doesn't have any kids and is like, yeah, let's go do that. You're just like, I'm not, I don't know about you. I go to bed at like 9.30. I don't go to bed at 9.30. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love going out, but I, my wife's pregnant, you know, I'm going to have a kid soon. Like I go to bed early cause she's up and I know that I'm going to have a baby that's awake at all hours. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm basically sleep training myself. You know, I used to go out all night, all the time. You, you meet people at different phases of life. It's a, a lot of it is timing. A lot of it's going to be sense of humor. A lot of that stuff's going to be values. And so as guys, we're like, I don't want to think about any of that shit. So we just don't make friends. What's, what's a way, like if someone's listening to this and they don't have a lot of friends, what's a way to make friends? Uh, one way that I recommend is, and a lot of people will write in, I do like Friday advice. And one way that I recommend, especially when people move, is if you're not already, this is especially good if you're in a new town, make a list of like four or five skills you've always wanted to learn, whether it's stand-up comedy, whether it's like cooking Italian food, learning freaking Spanish, whatever it is. And then you find classes that teach that. Just take one at a time. Don't try to dive into like five activities. Do one thing at a time. And there are tons of like organizations, clubs, whatever outings that do that. And you meet people uh, that are in the same age group, generally like-minded, interested in the same stuff. Worst case scenario, even if everyone in that class totally sucks, you're learning a skill that you've always wanted to, to learn. So it's not a waste of your time. And generally people are like, eh, join clubs. That's stupid. I don't really want to do that. But look, if you're like, I guess I kind of want to learn to defend myself or I need to do a sport. If you do jujitsu and you don't make friends there, I, something's wrong with the place you're going to do jujitsu, right? Yeah. Or if you want to learn boxing and you go to a boxing gym and you're not meeting anybody that is, is cool at all, something's wrong with the gym. Cause that's just, that's a place where guys go to, to bro out all the time, CrossFit or whatever. Those places are like cults, man. They're always hanging out weekends and doing barbecues and stuff. Yeah. You can't not make friends at places like that. Yeah. yeah it's the truth. I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I guess all my, all my friends I may, I made it stand up. Yeah. My wife made the other ones, but like, that's normal, but yeah, that makes total fucking sense. That's normal. And I, cause a lot of guys will go, Oh, I don't want to just learn how to go to stupid clubs and make friends. Like they think they're going to be in a room being like, hi, and like at a mixer. It's not like that at all. When you're doing something like jujitsu, you're literally rolling around on top of each other and talking and, and afterwards getting to know each other. I mean, that's, that's, I think one of the reasons that stuff is so popular is because it does create that brotherhood that you just don't get anywhere else now, especially guys. What's the most common question you get asked from fans? Oh, uh oh man on fridays i get everybody's personal stuff in my inbox but uh people want to know i teach people like really basic networking and relationship stuff like how to meet and reach out to people that they find interesting like reach out to influencers online or like create business relationships or negotiate their salary for their job that's really common negotiate their salary yeah how the fuck do you do that Oof. There's a, I did a three hour, almost more than four, yeah, four hours, three part series on this, on negotiation. Whittle it down in one minute. One minute, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what you would do is uh, you set up the meeting with your boss if you don't already have a performance review. You start documenting all of the wins that you have. Not like, I learned how to use Microsoft Excel, but like, hey, I managed this really difficult client, rescued that sale trained a new sales division. You have to mark those things down and then get as many concrete numbers as you can from the people that were involved. Because what a lot of people do is they go to their performance review and they go, uh, yeah, I've been here for another year and I did some stuff with the sales team and I guess that probably went well. And then 
I don't know, we formed that project and like, I don't know, I handed that off to somebody. And so I'm, I'm here, I'm still working. And they're like, cool, 2% raise. And you're like, great, thanks, bye. What you should do instead is go get those numbers, find out the bottom line increase to the company. That way you can go in and show management, look, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, and it's worked out really well. And if you really want to negotiate your salary and you think you're going to have a hard time doing it, what you start doing is you start interviewing and looking for other jobs and getting offers on the table. This is more aggressive. But if you get another offer from somebody, you can leverage that to keep your existing job and have them match that offer. You should always be negotiating your salary or renegotiating your salary every single year. I know that sounds aggressive, but most people don't do that. There's a, a huge divide between people who switch jobs all the time and negotiate their salary every time. Those people end up making like a million more dollars over the course who of their do, Who does? People the, that negotiate the, the, their The people that negotiate their salary. Really? Because if you get a 5% increase every year, that's fine. Whatever. You'll end up getting whatever that, that amount is. If you go and negotiate your salary or you leverage a different offer for a different position or you say, look, I have an offer from this other company, but I want to stay here. This is what they're offering me. Can you match that? If they want to retain you, they will. You'll end up with a, an average of like 7 to 10%. And that every single year is an absolutely enormous increase over 20, 30 years. You'll end up making literally more like a million dollars, more a million dollars more than you were making before on average. And if you're highly paid, like six-figure, multi-six-figure, you're going to make millions of dollars more by getting another offer and leveraging it. Will your existing boss be mad? It doesn't matter. And it, it usually won't happen. You're just looking out. If they get mad and emotionally hurt about this, they're being unfair. You, your boss and company can't say, we're offended that you went out and looked for another job. You say, I wasn't really looking for another job. I was testing the market because I want to see what, what the market will pay for what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. And if they think it's unfair, you are in the wrong place. Because the, there's a lot of companies that'll say things like this. They'll say, we're like family here. You know what that means? It means come work weekends, come work overtime. Don't ask for more shit. Yeah. That's what that means. If they really mean we're like family here, then what they mean is we're taking care of you in a way that is fair, even if it's not in our best interest. We want everyone taken care of. That family company will match that salary because you're like family. Usually companies and, and organizations and bosses, they only say that when they're taking advantage of you and they want you to sit there and take it. Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. If you're like me, there's nothing better than getting off stage in Brighton and having a few beers. Maybe having getting done work and unwinding after the clock and celebrating with some friends. But let's be honest, after you hit the age of 25 to 30, even moderate, responsible drinking can leave you feeling less than 100% the very next day. Cheers offers you a solution to the universal problem. It's like an antacid for alcohol. Cheers neutralizes alcohol's negative effects so you can wake up feeling great after a night of drinking. I wish I had brought Cheers with me on this trip. It is in my house. I have used it, and I absolutely fucking love it. It is the product for responsible drinkers and drinking. Cheers exists to bring people together by promoting fun, responsibility, health, and conscious alcohol consumption. Cheers. It really works. No more headaches, nausea, sluggishness, your back hurting. If fucking wake up feeling healthy and your liver's healthy too. Take four to two capsules after your last alcoholic beverage before you go to bed. And if you don't wake up feeling at least 50% better the next day, 
you get your money back guaranteed. To order Cheers, go to CheersHealth.com, enter the promo code BERTCAST at checkout to get 10% off your first order and a free gift. That's CheersHealth.com, promo code BERTCAST for 10% off with a free gift with your first order. Cheers. Whatever your drink of choice is, always remember to cheers. This podcast is also brought to you by Hims. Let me tell you something about hair loss that I know personally. If you get in front of hair loss and you start taking care of it now, you don't have to fucking worry about it. Look at Tom Segura's hairline. <laughs> then, thank you, Mark Norman. Then look at mine. My hairline is the way it is because I took care of hair loss at a young age. Most men... Actually, 66% of men start losing their hair by age 35. For me, it was 22 years old, and I jumped in front of it. Once you've noticed thinning hair, it's fucking too late, or at least it can be too late. The best way to prevent more hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair. It's time to get a jump on that precious fucking look of locks you have. I ask you, do you want a bald spot to pop up or your hairline to recede? Or do you want to do something about it? For Hims is one-stop shopping for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. These aren't snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. You don't have to go to a doctor and wait in that awkward line. You don't have to have an awkward conversation. All you got to do is go online, talk to a doctor, and he will prescribe you. You feel like a simple questionnaire. You fill out some, answer some questions. It saves hours. Completely confidential and discreet, delivered right for your door. Just a few quick questions. A doctor will review them, determine if you're right. They prescribe it and fucking delivered right to your door. It's the same products that everyone's talking about for hair loss that are mentioned in GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, Playboy. And right now, my listeners can get started with Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 right now while supplies last and obviously subject to a doctor's approval. See website for full details and safety informations. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. Go to forhims.com slash birdcast. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash birdcast. Forhims.com slash birdcast. I wish I had a log line that I could say like, keep being hot. <laughs> Those are my mid-roll reads. So wait, I saw you pull up your list of people oh, yeah. you've had on. Totally walk me through distracted. walk me through some people you've had on that you've that you that you've interviewed and you've learned something from or like whittle it down. Like uh like if you could. Sure. Like uh say give me someone and then like this is what I learned here or this is what we talked about sure, here. Sure, yeah. So speaking of negotiation, I had Chris Voss on the show. Have you heard of this guy? No. He uh, was a former FBI hostage negotiator. He actually kind of invented their hostage negotiation program. So I had Chris Voss on. It's episode 165. How did you even fucking define this guy? How did I find him? Yeah. So I was friends with him before, and I found him because he wrote a book on negotiation that's one of the best books ever written. It's called Never Split the Difference. On negotiation, one of the best books. It's episode 165 of the Jordan Harbinger show. Is that, do they have that on audiobook too? Uh, that book? Yeah, they have my, it. My eyes. I lost my glasses, and I cannot. My eyes are not working. And oh, yeah. Burr told me. Bill told me. Uh, if you start wearing glasses, it makes your eyes worse. And now I think that's they're that's, well. That fucking don't ever listen to fucking Doctor Burr. <laughs> fucking half of his fucking concepts. Um, 
He's replying to a bunch of unread texts. I'm just reading texts going, not replying to that. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I'm so sorry. This is about- why my podcast sucks. This is why yours is better. Is that I'm sitting there going, what's the name of that book? I'm trying to buy it on audio. Never Split the Difference is the name of the book. Chris Voss, V-O-S-S. And the episode where I summarize a lot of the concepts in the book is 165 on the Jordan Harbinger show. So if you're not sure if you want the book, go listen to that podcast first. Chris Voss, Never yeah. Split the Difference, just yep. bought it in audio. Get it. It's so good. And what he does really well is he talks about negotiation strategies, and then he'll be like, so when I was negotiating the freeing of hostages in the Philippines, or when I was negotiating this bank heist gone wrong where they were taking hostages, mm-hmm. we learned about this, 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 and this. And so he'll tell, teach you the concept based on like a bank robbery that went horribly wrong. And then he'll be like, so in business, and then there's the concept it's much more interesting than listening to like a Harvard negotiation professor talk about spreadsheets or whatever. This is awesome. About. I yeah, love this. Okay. So good. Okay, give me another one. All right. Uh, I, now I'm just loading up uh, audiobooks for myself. Sure. Another one. I interviewed uh, Caesar Milan, actually, the dog whisperer. Really? Yeah. He was really interesting. I didn't know much about him when I had him on the show. I didn't realize he grew up poor as hell in Sinaloa, Mexico, and like was in drug cartel territory and he was good with animals back then and he would train animals and train dogs and he moved to LA and he was washing cars and he was homeless for a while and he be- he lived in south central LA in the middle of the hood and nobody messed with him because he would have 40 le- uh, dogs and he would walk them all off leash and these are like bad dogs local dogs he's walking dogs for free pit bulls and german shepherds what the fuck and up? he'd be on like used rollerblades and he'd have 40 dogs chasing him. They're not fighting. They're not freaking barking at strangers. And he became known as this like weird dude who could walk 40 dogs. And everyone, a lot of the gang members thought he was like kind of, they didn't want to mess with a guy who could walk 40 dogs because they're like, yeah. he's got magical powers or something. And so then he was washing cars. And I think he was training people's dogs. Like celebrities would come and get their car washed and he would be able to sort of like command their dog and they'd be like this is the worst dog i've ever had acted up all the time and you're just like calm down like doing jedi mind tricks on these dogs so they started hiring him and then he became friends with like jada pinkett smith and she's like you need to have a tv show like this is this is next level now he's wealthy and famous and so his story is actually really incredible he's not like some like privileged dude who went to a dog training school and like popularized it and now he trains dogs he he invented all of this it's funny i I bet you see this i see this a lot is you see one person do something really outstanding Mm -hmm. and then you see a bunch of copycats yeah like there's so many there's not only copycat television shows about what he did yeah but now that's a business is is people need people see it on tv and go i want a dog whisperer sure we have a friend with a a semi-problematic dog and he's gone through four different trainers to try to fix it, and nothing. No one's fixed anything. Dang, it's got to call Caesar Milan. I don't know how. To, I don't know if he still does private. Yeah, and he he's got a bunch of trainers at the Dog Psychology Center, which is down somewhere around here. Really? Yeah. Um, my old boss was the person that helped uh, launch his career. Really, Lorena Ong. She'd be an interesting person to have on your podcast. She yeah. used to own the part of the White Sox. She, uh, or, uh, Caesar actually ended up with whatever production company did some of his stuff. 
he ended up not even being able to use the name the dog whisperer and he lost a lot i guess he got raked over the coals on some contract very hollywood you know he's like a mexican immigrant who didn't speak any english at all yeah when he came here and he just kind of signed whatever was in front of him uh really early and so somebody took advantage of him hopefully it wasn't that woman that you're talking about probably uh, not i don't know Some i hope not laureen yeah who else, who else, who else laureen uh let's see i have so many interesting people on here i had uh this guy jaron lanier he talks about how social media companies actually program us how to think and he's not this is not a conspiracy theory type of guy he's one of the early internet guys he's like yeah they're saving your information no news there but w the way these algorithms work and he knows this because he helped create a lot of this stuff he's like they train you how to think about things and you don't know that it's actually programming you how and what to think because it's so subtle really? so he talks about how we're losing kind of our human agency and autonomy by using a lot of Facebook, a lot of these different social media outlets, because they're, we don't see, if you log into Facebook right now and I log into Facebook right now, I don't see the same news. I don't see the same political slant as you. I don't see the same products. Let me see your Twitter. Let me see your Twitter. Um, Cause sure. I stopped using, I got off Twitter entirely before I got on tour. I got on for one fucking weird thing, but I'd be curious to see like what, what the, your four year for you? for you looks like. Yeah. So, First, first thing is the the the, the okay the feature banner or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What is yours? Former Obama aide charged in relation <laughs> to Mueller investigation. Uh, an apparent Nipsey Russell <laughs> flood shed flub sheds light an important figure that inspired. Mine's about Nipsey Russell. Yeah, N Nipsey. Oh wait, no, mine's about Nipsey Russell, not Nipsey Hustle. Uh, and then trending for you. Yeah, I, I got WikiLeaks. I got WikiLeaks. Yeah, Secret of Pets. Yep. National Pet Day. Yep. Brett Easton Ellis. Oh, I got Thursday Thoughts, whatever the hell that I is. I don't have Thursday Thoughts. Uh, Craig, Greg Craig. Yeah, I got that. And then What's Happening. Yep. Welcome to Your Life in the 30s. Okay, I got that. Julian Assange. Yep. Teeth Shattering Face Goal. <laughs> no, New York's post 9-11 cover responding to Ilhan Omar's did comments you, sparked strong reactions. That? No, I, I I already saw that one. So maybe that's why all it's star not cast assembled for wine country. Nope, I got Pamela Anderson reacts to Julian Assange's arrest. I got Pamela Anderson. Why do I want her reaction <laughs> yeah, to Julian Assange? Wait, no, her reaction, yeah, yeah, wait, her reaction okay. is who's Julian Assange? That's got to give me a break. Wait, why would anyone go? What's Pam Anderson think <laughs> yeah. about this? Like, stop the presses. I want to know what... Clearly, she must be dating him or something. Yeah, oh my she God. She must have fucked him. There's only one reason she would be in Tesla that she gave him Pepsi. The actor had some harsh words for Ecuador, the UK, and the US following Assange's arrest on Thursday. Well, I'm so what? concerned about Now I'm fucking fascinated. I, I will admit to being surprised she knows who that is yeah. and where Ecuador is at all. Okay, Pam Anderson. I yeah. am shocked. I couldn't hear clearly what he said. <laughs> he looks very bad. How could you, Ecuador? Because you expo he exposed you? How could you, UK? Of course, you're America's bitch. And you need some diversion from your idiotic Brexit bullshit. Wow. And the USA, this toxic coward of a president, he needs to rally his base. He needs to rally his base. You're selfish and cruel, and you've taken the entire world's backwards. You are devils and liars and thieves, and you will rot. With and two we T's, R-O-T-T. You will rot. And we will rise. Fist emoji. Wow. She Apparently, she's been visiting him in yeah, the embassy. she visited him in the embassy. Jeez. 
What the fuck? Like, what world am I in right what, now? Where Pamela she's a political Anderson? figure. Oh, I want to. I want to be. I want to just go visit someone famous and then be go. Burt Kreischer reacts to. Yeah, Burt Kreischer reacts. To, you know what? We should trend something like that. Burt Kreischer reacts to Julian Assange's arrest. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna post a very similar, almost identical. I am. I'm gonna write. I'm in shock. I couldn't hear clearly what he said, <laughs> so I'm not sure. But he looks bad. Ecuador. What the fuck? UK. Seriously. Of course, you guys suck America's dick. <laughs> I'm just gonna quote it almost. See, but then this is my—I go. I don't want to. Do, I don't even know anything about Julian Assange. No one's so gonna what, ask you about Julian Assange. What, what is? What'll happen is I'll post that joke, and then someone will be like, "Dude, do you even know what's going on with Julian Assange?" First of all, are you aware? Like, have I, you read his Wikipedia talk page? No, you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. So, so we're kind of getting the same feedback. Yeah, we're probably I'm in wondering, the same. Is, is this like location based, or is it based on what we read? Because if so, we read a lot of the same news. Apparently, um, mine's always about uh, black people because I'm really into hip hop. Mm-hmm. So it's always about. It's always got like something. Nipsey Russell. Yeah, it's like, and then I I posted it the other day. I was like, it was like uh, uh, Christy Teigen, uh, John. Legend takes out Christy Teigen's braids. Uh, hilarious or crazy video. Oh, got it. And I tweeted out, I go, what the fuck have I been Googling that they, I don't even know Christy Teigen. I don't even know anything about Christy Teigen or John, Le- I've never heard a song John Legend's ever played. I know they're famous, but I don't know why she's famous. I don't know what she, she did. I think she's a cook or chef. I don't know if cook is now that, now I'm going to get hate mail because I said cook instead of chef. Yeah. And so, and so I said, I was like, the fuck did I Google that this comes up in my newsfeed? And then Christy Teigen like replied to it, and I was like, ah, cool, Christy Teigen hit me up. <laughs> I didn't even know who she was oh, wow. until the morning, and now I'm like, oh, Christy Teigen replied. <laughs> Are you all excited? She's actually really hot. Yeah, she's super nice. Fucking I think, too. gorgeous. Here's the four hands condom box. That's trending for me, too, because yeah. the phone's probably listening to us talk and serving up ads. The joke I was writing for that, and uh, I'm comfortable saying it, but not writing it. Was uh, those condoms don't work in like an in like a gang rape? But then again, Oof. what guy puts on a condom in a gang rape? Good like point. the guy that goes last, do you think that's offensive to the other guys in the gang rape? He's like, you know what? I'm. I don't. I, I don't know, know where you guys. I know where been. she's been. I don't know where you guys have been. <laughs> So horrible. <laughs> That's so horrible. Why are people they don't like it because if the guy doesn't want to wear it, they can't open no, it themselves or it's something? In, it's implying that um it's in, it is implying that somehow women women regret having after, it's it's I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something in effect of uh go Google it go read the responses and you'll read it. Women are saying that so you're saying that just because we start fooling around that I can't then feel like I was raped at the end of it. Oh, I yeah. I think, I think. The worrying thing is that this frames consent as a discussion, in quotes, and implies that the real issue is that women might make it up or exaggerate after consensual sex. This yeah. is a product designed essentially to protect men from rape accusations, not not to protect women from rape. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I see. Wow, that I got to wrap my head around see, that. See, already I want to hang out with that person because I, like, I love hearing opposing views. I love hearing different sides of the fence. I, I would love to hear that person's opinions yeah. on everything because I go more of that because like I yeah I didn't see that that way you know it is interesting to see that especially if it's not just screeching outrage like how dare you it's just look here's the problem I see with this whether I agree with that or not 
it's just proof that you can have a real discussion without just being like, we need to boycott that company. The person who invented it should be fired. The marketing company, the CEO needs to go to prison now. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Not none of these things are the case. Like you can swing and miss on something like this as a company and not be like guilty of something. And that's a problem. And, and people don't believe that. People don't agree with that now. Like, like, can I tell you, I don't, I never, th- the uh, Gucci's blackface sweaters. Do you remember that? No. Gucci made blackface sweaters. I think I, I think I get things in my newsfeed that are based. I think I get outrage news sent to my newsfeed. Everybody does. That's Is what we were talking about with uh, Jaron Lanier. So one of the things that we talked about on the, on that episode of the show was there's a you know what negativity bias is so it's we are evolved to pull negativity out and 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 register it stronger because and it's the theory goes look the caveman that walked by a rustle in the bushes and went uh it's probably nothing got eaten by a fucking leopard and the one that went ooh that could be dangerous immediately snapped his head that way and avoided okay i got that brain i got that brain hard as fuck we all got that brain right we all got that i got it i got it worse than my wife's got it my wife barely fucking has it really she's like yeah i think the girl should skateboard to uh and i was like whoa 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 whoa, what the fuck hold on you're gonna put our idiot kids on skateboards and send them where like i go there's a slasher running around la there's a slasher on a bike. He was just slashing people in the faces. What? Yeah, that's fucking L.A. That's Jeez. where we live. I go, we don't live in fucking Iowa where my daughters can skateboard a mile down the road. Like, I, we live in Los Angeles. There are fucking homeless people at the Starbucks painting right now. There's a homeless guy painting at the Starbucks, and everyone's so scared of him they don't kick him out because he's fucking set up an easel. So, like. Well, or do they just like the painting? He's actually, he's actually a really good painter. He was out of his fucking mind. He's probably schizophrenic. Uh, he's definitely schizophrenic or something. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, but he's he actually is a really good painter. It's the first time where a friend of ours killed himself, Brody Stevens, very funny comic. Oh, man. Brody used to hang out at our Starbucks and I just miss Brody so much because I want, if Brody was alive, we could definitely talk about this painting guy for a fucking <laughs> solid hour. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and so I, I've got that, that danger thing yeah, you're talking so about. that negativity bias. We all have that to some degree. And what that does is it makes us... That's why the evening news is not like, hey, there's all these really cool things happening in your town. Oh, look, here's a safe place to bring your kids. Look, the zoo got a new animal. Like, you get that rarely, but it doesn't register. What you get is there's a slasher running around L.A. Okay, not quite L.A. Actually, it's six miles outside L.A. But let's talk about that guy and then make everyone feel like he's basically watching the kids that they have through the window of the house right now on the news. They make everything so dramatic. Well, that's fine if you're watching the news, but the problem is social media takes that and goes, wait, we can get to you on your phone when you don't want to see stuff like this 20,000 times a day, and we can optimize based on what you click on. So, oh, you're not scared of the slasher? How about this? The economy's taking a nosedive. Oh, you're not interested in the economy? How about... Uh, this political figure that you think is a free speech advocate is now getting arrested. Oh, that's a problem. So you click on that, and then it's like, oh, so you're worried about free you speech. Like. Let's show you 200 occasions a day in which your rights are being threatened. And so then you're like, the world's falling apart. I see it here on my phone. Meanwhile, someone's like, I agree with you because they clicked on the slasher thing, and so now all they're seeing is violent crime. Social media optimizes for that at a very granular level, and it makes you scared because that's what increases engagement. It makes you scared and angry. Anger and fear are the most engaging emotions 
on social media and probably in life in general. So the those companies, they optimize for that. Specifically, they find out what you're scared of and what pisses you off, and they send you more of that because you engage with it, you read it, you stay on longer, you make more comments. That's how they make money. Okay, you ready for this? Uh, mark this down. This is me and your business project. Uh, we are going in this together. You're up in Silicon Valley, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So this is my soft pitch. You cannot steal it. If you steal it, I know it. Here's our pitch. You just sold me. We are going to create an app called Unspiral that takes a look at all the stuff you've been Googling on the other sites and then gives you reverse engineering to get you out of that spiral. That's a really interesting idea. Like, How <laughs> possible is it that it's like, oh, I'm really worried about this slasher and it's like crime at record low in your neighborhood. <laughs> Yes, yeah, like uh, homeless man runs around giving children free art that he made at a Starbucks yeah, nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how how hard it is to slash someone on a bike? Yeah, <laughs> impossible. Bike. Yeah, chances are even Riding if you get a cut, bicycle accidents up when using one hand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Multiple arrests of all the dangerous people that you were scared of overnight this morning. No worries about anything. Knife sales down. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's unspiral. Yeah. So it's it's what you do is when you get you get find yourself in a fucking hole on Instagram or on Twitter and you're just like, motherfucker. And then all of a sudden you can go to this thing and this thing's been tracking all your social media posts and it just basically brings you back up to level and goes, hey, everything's going to be fine. You're going to be totally fine. You get calm to sponsor it. Right, calm yeah, will calm. help us. Calm will help make it. Help us make it. And I'm surprised they don't start off each guided meditation with, "Here are three things that happened today that are going to make you happy." Yeah, <laughs> slasher arrested. It would be cool. Then, you, like, yeah. you get off Instagram and you're like, "Oh, by the way, here's a bunch of pictures of celebrity without their makeup on." And oh you, yeah, you're like oh, you look good. You like that account? You're feeling uh, what? Oh, I, I don't even. Is that a real thing? Oh yeah. Uh, I wish I knew what it was called off the top of my head. It's like. I, it's like celeb face or something and it's celebrities oh, okay. side by side makeup and no makeup and you just feel good about yourself after seeing it because you go oh I knew it I would there's a there's I feel like I listen to Rogan and Kevin Hart and I and um, I am very cynical I'm a very cynical person especially about uh, about inspirational people like I'm cynical about Tony Robbins. I'm I am with you on that, dude. Yeah. And so, and I don't try to get mixed up in that. If you think I'm not trying to inspire anybody, <laughs> for yeah. the record. Yeah, I, I'm like, uh, like, um, I'm very cynical, and I love Kevin Hart. I love Kevin Hart. Uh, but very easily, I can, and I've and I've been following. I've known Kevin for 20 years, and I follow him on Instagram. And and there have been times where I've been cynical about stuff he said on on the post i'm like oh come on kev you know like but i'm i'm not his friend like we don't hang out or anything but i if i saw him i'd i'd give him a hug you know like so i'm i'm friends with him mm -hmm. but i i found myself being at the beginning of that podcast uh something about it got me cynical and i went no 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 i stopped i said start this over and try to draw from a guy who's changed the fucking game two two guys i mean rogan's I'm more my friend than I look at him in that way, but much more than Kevin. But I go because I I can I talk to Joe. I see him you know once a week, twice a week. I talk to him. So, but I don't do that with Kevin. But I'm hearing Kevin talk about negativity and positivity and getting rid of the negativity and and building the light and building this and and I I forced myself to be optimistic and it was so. I realized how often I look at things pessimistically, mm -hmm. sarcastically, just like, just, eh. 
And I was like, that's unhealthy. That's so unhealthy. And that is a product of what is social media. Is like social media forces you to go, oh, come fucking. Like that's your go-to muscle. And I sat and listened to that podcast. Anytime I felt myself going negative, I went, no, 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 no. And I'd back it up and I'd start it over. It was a real interesting, but that's why I think unspiral would work. Yeah, I like that idea. I think the only problem that you see with something like unspiral is it doesn't trigger that immediate gut reaction that social media triggers where you go, you know what, I'm going to set this motherfucker straight. Yeah. I got to correct this asshole. Whereas unspiral would have to be more like meditation where it's like, look, yeah, I'm going to go through this right so now. So what is that? What to. is that? Why does anger, why does anger really take you to the fucking negativity bias? It's that survival mechanism that it's anger and fear. They're like, let's think of them as one thing, even though they're not. That's the the lion in the bush, right? It snaps your attention to it and you go, all right. And you have cognitive dissonance when it comes to like if someone says, oh, yeah, you know, all uh, guys that wear Tampa Bay Buccaneer shirts are racist and abuse their kids. It's like, wait a minute. I've got to correct the record on this. Right. It you makes know, someone's you- just going to pull that fucking clip. <laughs> just there and then me just go (laughs) yep yeah and then they're gonna be like this jordan guy makes all kinds of wild (laughs) accusations it's that negativity bias we want to set the record straight and it it causes us to have a knee-jerk emotional reaction so then why why, so then why tell me why a company like twitter allows it from the left but doesn't allow it from the right that negativity bias that triggers say uh triggers i'm I'm gonna use adam carolla because i know he's a that's a bad idea i'm not gonna use adam um, I'll use myself. Okay. Uh, but it's not entirely accurate, but because I don't, I can't use myself because I kind of enjoy, uh, I enjoy crazy talk on both sides. Like I enjoy it because it lets me kind of yeah. see things from a different angle. Sure. Um, okay. So let's say a guy that's alt-right, right? Yeah. Who's, he's reading, um, Patton Oswald's tweet about uh, something about progressive white people. Uh, This is a perfect example. There was a guy, a friend of mine who's not alt right, but he got upset because Patton tweeted out something that said um, about Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele tweeted out. Oh, yeah. You you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't, but I know um, I heard about this. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And so Patton and this guy got into it. But Patton's tweet, which is progressive, outraged. My friend, who's not progressive, he's more conservative, I guess. They allow Patton's tweet that outrages the conservative, but if it's flip flopped, they they've been silencing the alt right who are putting out, out like Alex Jones, who put out outrageous shit. They silence that, but that's the thing they build their business on is that that negativity bias, definitely. And so, why are they silencing it from? the left to the right but not the right to the left does that make sense yeah it does make sense and and i i can only venture a little bit of a of an idea here i think when you look at a guy like alex jones everything not everything that's a huge overstatement many of the things he says are provably untrue completely like the whole sandy hook was staged thing is like just not true now you might look at something that's said on the right or the left and go that's an opinion that i disagree with or you might go ah they're cherry picking statistics or they're, they're, there's some bias here that they're trying to state something that's not true. But when you find something that is like both untrue, provably, and you're doing it just to get attention for your platform, I think Twitter would have gladly let him stay. They were just dealing with so much pressure from 
both sides, honestly, that they wanted to get rid of a guy like that. Yeah. And, but I think if you had somebody on there like uh, Richard Spencer, one of these alt-right, literal like Nazi sympathizer types on there, you would find that there'd be so much pressure to get rid of him. When you, The left is a little bit sneakier because they'll come in and they'll go, we just want everything to be fair. And, but their idea of fair could be totally fucking ridiculous and completely unfair to all of these people that that uh, they consider, well, you're just privileged. It's like, well, wait a minute. I now have to give everything. There's a whole lot wrong with that. They're saying all we want is things to be fair, whereas one side might be saying, look, we just don't like people that aren't white. That's a whole big can of worms yeah. that sounds pretty damn evil because it honestly is the other stuff on the left tends to be disguised better frankly it just yeah. sounds like look we just want everybody to be equal even if what that means is you have to give us all these things that you worked for or you have to stop doing all these things that you uh, associate with good family values because we hate religion or whatever it is that they want they're just saying but it's all in the name of fairness whereas the right wingers especially like some of the the alt-right they're actually saying they're probably honestly they're probably being more intellectually honest even if what they're saying is disgusting yeah. because they're saying well we're trying to protect white culture and you're like ugh but they're not really hiding the ball whereas the left the extreme left i mean left wing ridiculous they're saying we just want everything to be fair but what they mean is well we're going to take everything from you by force because fairness yeah so that's different right and it's it's harder to come down hard on them because they're fucking hiding the ball. Yeah. Does that what, make sense? It does. It does make sense. It does make sense. Where do you, um, what's, what, what's your goals? Where, where do you want to take things? What, like what's like the podcast is successful. Yeah. Where do you, where, where's the next level? What? Yeah. So I'm going to create a course on negotiation. Cause that's probably the most common thing people write in about. And it was the most popular set of episodes we have. There was yeah. something like, Eight one point eight million downloads or, or something of those. It was just bananas. And then uh, I'll do another course on networking and relationship development for personal and professional because I teach a lot of people how to like network, develop relationships in business, uh, reach out to people and grow business. Sales teams buy it. Uh, and I'll take this training that I'm doing with Microsoft and Facebook and the bodyguards and stuff like that and expand on it too. But honestly, if I had to, if I could make the same money just podcasting. I would just triple, quadruple down on that. It's just, as you know, it's hard as hell to grow a show to a certain level. I mean, right now we have 5 million downloads a month, but I don't have like a, well, if I just spend three up more hours a week, it'll be 10 million. It's just, it grows at the rate that it grows. Yeah. And so uh, eventually I'd just love to do that. Well, I think it's a lot of it's, you know, this cross-pollinization that yeah. I think that it's it's the coolest thing, I, and I'm, I'm going through this a lot now because I did an interview and they were asking me about it and talking about it, but it's one of our successes as comics is that we've definitely cross-pollinated and allowed each other to share our fans yeah. and let people find things that we think are cool. I think you're a really smart guy, and I think, Thank you. And I think that, um, and I think you're curious. It's one of the things that yeah. I like in people is curiousness. I'm not the most curious guy. I'm curious about things, but I'm not curious, I'm not curious in the sense of like, like what, uh, what makes me curious is sometimes f fucking weird stuff. Like it's sure. not like, yeah. like what seems to be working these days is political curiosity, social curiosity. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, what makes me interested is like, f like, I, like I, I want to do a podcast with Jimmy Buffett 
Because I want to hear. I saw that on your Twitter, and I was like, "What the hell is that going on?" there? I fucking love Jimmy Buffett. Like, I want to do a podcast with John Daly. Like, I just I like to party and I like to have a good time. I like hearing good stories. But I'm also curious. I'm also curious. Like, I'm, I'm dying to, like, what dials me in is when you talk about this guy, I love a good story mm-hmm. that teaches you a lesson. Oh, man. There's, yeah, this show's full of stories that teach lessons. In fact, would you ever go and do something like, I'm working with this charity now called Hustle 2.0, and they, last week, or was it two weeks ago, I went to a maximum security prison, and they have a bunch of uh, inmates that are it's 75 percent life sentences but a lot of them are getting out and they have no idea how to do a job interview they have no idea they have business ideas they uh, a lot of them just need to be go, they're going through a program and they're going through the stuff they just want to have contact with people that have done stuff on the outside uh and i'm bringing i'm going to be bringing groups of people to this prison i went with a group of entrepreneurs and we ran them through like mock job interviews it's one of the most fascinating sort of life-changing events i've ever had i'm i was paired up with this guy who was in a gang and had committed some egregious crime when he was like 16 and hearing his life story i just i thought to myself i would have ended up here too it was like his parents one of them killed the other when he was eight he moves in with his cousins they're in a gang one of his cousins gets killed so he has to protect himself gets a gun somebody's coming after him he kills that guy he ends up in prison he's been in prison for 16 years and i'm just like i would have done the same thing i would be exactly where you are right now Yeah. uh, oh that's the one thing that that i that disgusts me from the right sometimes is when they it's almost this like manifest destiny of like why didn't you just pick yourself up by the bootstraps no man uh i often look at guys when i was young i had a thought that had i grown up in tupac's circumstance i would have not succeeded the way he did i would have been i would have simply taken the path of least resistance as opposed to get on the bus and go all the way into baltimore to go to the art school every day and show up and so when you look at someone like i remember feeling this at like 24 23 going looking at tupac as an inspiration that he went through that and got himself out of it as opposed to what they were saying about him is that he's a thug and he's this and he's that i was like no 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 i would be worse i would be way worse i'm not I've succeeded in life, but I think I've succeeded in life uh, despite, in spite of myself. Like, I think there's, I've definitely gotten in my way more Mm -hmm. than I've, more than I deserve to be here. Yeah. Um, I think I'm talented and I think I work hard, but I only work hard because I love comedy. That's the only reason I work hard. Sure. Um, And so I look at guys like that. And when you say that guy in prison, that's fascinating, man. That is so fascinating. How can you help that guy though? Well, uh, for these guys in particular, we were running through mock job interviews and they were, they were, they rarely get a chance to talk to somebody who's going to treat them normally. And so one of the things we did was he goes, I said, all right, uh, tell me about yourself, right? Typical job interview BS. I ain't no story. punk. Yeah. There was, there was, <laughs> I mean, uh, cool. Yeah. Uh. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Can you expand on that? So I, one of the things that he said was, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to working in, I think he wanted to work in oil fields. And he's like, I want to work in the oil fields. I find this industry really interesting. And it's something that I'm willing to do. I'm a very hard worker. And then I'll go, um, why do you have all, what do those tattoos mean? And he's, he'll go, well, to be honest, I made some choices that were bad. And, and I go, wait, let me stop you right there. Just If I'm interviewing you for the oil fields, I don't want euphemisms. Just say... I was incarcerated for a while. I made some terrible decisions when I was younger. 
And I'm happy to talk about that because that you don't want them to go, ooh, I really want to know what's going on, but I'm afraid to ask him and that's, all this stuff, so I'm just smart, not going to yeah. hire him. So he goes, oh, really? Like, do you want me to talk about that? I go, yeah. They might not legally be able to ask, why did you go to prison? You should fucking offer that because nobody wants to go, well, we didn't get a chance to ask him why he had all those tattoos of people getting stabbed on his neck, but we're going to take a chance on him. Let's put him on the oil rig alone with no police, with a bunch of people, and hope nothing goes wrong. It's like... No, you need to wear this on your sleeve for the first time you get a job. Talk exact, tell people exactly what happened and say, this was a long time ago. I'm a different person now. I've gone through all this education. Uh, I'm embarrassed about all this. I want One of the reasons I want this job is because the first thing I'm spending my money on is I'm going to have all these ugly ass tattoos and gang shit removed because that's all in my past. That's where you get respect. So a really great way to look at that. I would yeah. be the wrong guy to go into these prisons. Oh, you'd be the wrong guy to go in? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Because all I'm all I'm doing already is writing a bit about it, like oh, so. Yeah, so wow. like I'm not I'm not really good at like uh, advice. I, I mean I guess if you I I, I don't know how good could, all the other people were. At, I would be good at helping someone things. if they wanted to start public speaking. Maybe, but sure. I don't know. I don't know how that transitions. Maybe we could just do a comedy show in the prison. Would the, you ever do that? Fucking no. 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 The fuck are they gonna relate to my life about? So I fucking. I think you'd be more when I was relatable. Twenty two, I got involved with the Russian mafia. Here's how it happened. They're like, wait, why are you in here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's probably more relatable than you think. Uh, maybe, maybe. That's interesting. What other things you got going on? What other fingers oh, and pies? What other? Tell yeah, me some other... shit that's going on in the in the fucking in the tech sector that I don't know about. Where we should be blowing the fuck up? Oh man, good question. Let's see. Something that's something that's going on in the tech sector that a lot of people are talking about and a lot of people are sweeping under the rug is the fact that China has their hands in pretty much all of our devices. Have I, you heard this? Dude, I have heard so much shit about China lately. Yeah. You know they're apparently they're buying up uh some there's buying up all of somewhere. Uh, all of Africa. Uh yeah. They're buying Africa. Yeah, they're putting in infrastructure, highways, roads. The reason is because it, it, theoretically, it's like right, look, okay, okay. You tell me the real reason. I'm going to tell you the reason I believe. Sure. They yeah. The no, real reason is probably what you believe, but they have no put, women. What's that? They have no women. Oh, that's interesting. That was not where I was going that's, with it. That's mine. That's mine. Oh, that's they, interesting. They're a bunch of dudes that fucking phased out chicks because you're only allowed one and a half kids. Yeah. And now it's a bunch of it's a fucking pirate ship over there. Yeah. And so they're coming in. They're going to rape and plunder. Oh, By the I, way, that is yeah. not an official opinion of Burt Kreischer. As I just said in the earlier, I'm not racist. And I just slam China to the wall. There's a bunch of dicks over there. They do have that ratio issue, that's for sure. Uh, they're putting in that the infrastructure in Africa. You're not too far off. I don't know if they're going to plunder the women, but they're certainly going after the natural resources because that's where the value is. Clearly, Africa. they don't know that black chicks don't date Chinese guys. They haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> they need to come to America and go to a mall and realize <laughs> this isn't going to work out the way they thought it was. I already said I wasn't racist, and here I am with the most fucking, like, <laughs> br- simple brow. Just, oh. That is such an unlikely match, though, now that you mention it. It's yeah. like they, they yeah. need to go to, they need uh, they need to, I don't know. They could have run this experiment on Tinder instead of building a highway from <laughs> South Africa all the way up to Libya. Uh, 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 <laughs> I was about to do a horrific racist uh, Asian accent of the guy coming oh, back yeah. to his boss going, uh, uh. Uh, dun, dun, dun. 
that's not i think that's, that's japanese. japanese that's japanese what's matter. uh what's um fuck whatever i don't know what what is chinese are you trying to get me to do a chinese accent no but what's a show? chinese american accent like oh i can do a chinese i can do a japanese american i can't i can do there's that cantonese vietnamese, that's vietnamese kind of like american. it's very the cantonese is going to be similar to the vietnamese in some ways yeah, if guess. you're familiar with that if you want to what's piss taiwanese off. Taiwan is just, it's like a light version of Chinese. It's like Chinese polite. Light? Taiwan is like polite, clean China. Really? Yeah. So if Is that you, where Hong Kong is? Hong Kong is, is actually in China. It's, it's in a, China. Well, it's an, and there's an island as well down. It's like south uh, in China. And so that's like the Cantonese where they, it all sounds like they're yelling a lot. It's a lot of yelling yeah. from the sound of it. Taiwanese is almost that, or Taiwan Chinese is like the opposite of that. It's like really soft. Even the police sound really polite. So Chinese people go to Taiwan and they're like, wow, everyone's so nice. What the hell? It's like Canada, really soft, but an even softer accent. It's amazing. It's amazing how, and I know this is a very ignorant statement, but I, it's amazing how vastly different Asian cultures are. Yeah. it's. I mean, you'd assume, and it's, I guess it's the same with white and yeah. And and African, uh, like black meaning, uh, meaning uh, like J- Jamaican versus uh, versus Southern versus, but it's fucking phenomenally. I I it blew me away. We went to uh, Japan, and it was silent on the subway. That place is like another planet. I Tokyo wonder, and Japan, it's so dude, bizarre. It's it it was silent. We were in. I, and I'm so loud that I was standing out everywhere. And then we went to Vietnam right after uh, Japan. And it was so aggressive. Yeah. It was so like, like I said, if no one touched anyone in Japan, they had their fingers in your mouth in Vietnam. Totally. You ever flown on a plane with people like uh, the whole plane's full of Vietnamese people? No. Oh my God. You will, if you have personal space issues, like psychological space issues, yeah. it will drive you crazy. You know, you'll be sitting there and someone will be like, put their arm right there to reach over. And you're just like, dude, like if, if it happened in America, you'd, you'd give them a look. And if they did it again, you'd be like, excuse me. But yeah. in Vietnam, it's like they're they're they will be like right here talking to somebody who's right here, and you're just like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, but it's totally normal. Well, it's like it's the same way with black people. Is when I'm my first real foray into like straight up hanging out with black people, meaning like I, I mean I always had like a black friends, and it was all regular childhood. But college kind of very separate. It was where'd you grow up? Florida. Okay, Florida was oddly enough as fairly segregated. Um, with without segregation, it was still very segregated yeah, in Florida. I, I mean, went to Florida State, and it was that's a very segregated town. You have FAMU, which is the black college, and then you have Florida State, which is technically the white female college, mm-hmm. is what it was. Um, but the first, I I did a TV show with Donnell Rollins and Red Grant, two um, two really fucking amazing dudes, comics, amazing comics. I'm, I was got lost in that thought. Two amazing comics, but two really great guys. And I did not know anything about black culture. And I, and the, I remember I got into a conversation with this woman, Lunell, and she was yelling at me and I was fighting with her and she was like, honey, you're getting upset. And I was like, yeah, you're yelling at me. She's like, no, baby, I'm talking to you. I was like, no, but you're, and Red and Donnell were like, that's how we talk, Bert, calm down. Like, this is the way we communicate. Like we're, she's not mad at you. She just, 
talking shit to you. That's Bert, relax. And they kept going, I thought you were black, Bert. Like, come on. Because I'm so into hip hop. I was oh, like, man. yeah, I don't like that shit, man. It scares me. It's like aggressive. Went, me, and Don, me and Red went and played golf in Compton. And they were talking while I was putting. They were like, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna, he don't want to miss, oh, miss, yeah. he ain't gonna miss it. He gonna miss it. I, ten bucks says he misses it, and I'm like, guys, you don't put money on me, my pet. Like, what the fuck? What is wrong with you guys? Honestly, that sounds like fun compared to most golf. So much fun. Yeah. It was so much fun golfing in Compton. I was like, I, I go red when my dad comes out. We got to take him golfing in Compton. And he was like, why? Red was oblivious to it. He was like, really? Never golfed any other way. Well, he just, it's like, why would you? You know, it's. Golf courses are fairly segregated as well. Yeah, I'm so sure. Where's the rich Jewish golf club he's going to in the, in the South? It's not. He's going to go to where he feels most comfortable. The same yeah. I probably went to where I felt most comfortable. But I and then I remember we left that golf course and went to Jack in the Box. We were driving home. We went to Jack in the Box, and I was at Jack in the Box in Compton. And ordering at Jack in the Box in Compton is very different than ordering at Jack in the Box in the Valley. It's just a it's a much more high intense situation. It sounds like a field trip. It was, it, dude. It was, but but the thing is, is like, uh, you've, you, you, it. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know where I, this fucking point was going. Oh, we're talking about Jack Vietnamese, Vietnamese people oh, on yeah, the plane, right? It's like, it's like, it's crazy that you, in in white America, you have this private space, you have this space, like, yeah. don't touch me, don't talk to me, don't like, did you just touch me, like, t- like, but it'd then, be weird, right? And then African American culture, black culture touch you talk to you yell at you but that's how they communicate and you know not everyone uh, this fucking is turning into a fucking uh, fucking rally and so yeah. anyway anyway but so uh what were we talking about what we're talking go- about you know I, f- I forgot but it reminded me of something i actually probably back when you and i met at first i was taking groups of americans to north korea before it became illegal that's what i was doing for a while and that culture was in a way similar to Japan, even though they're enemies of Japan, because they're all quiet on the subway. They're quiet in public. They don't talk loudly at all. In fact, they like really don't look each other in the eye and they mind their own business a lot. But that's that's out of fear, I think. Russia was like that when I first went to Russia. Really? It was uh a lot of people held hands or like would like a lot of women always like held arms together and would walk with their arms together so they could whisper to each other. Oh. But that's just, it's just ingrained in them huh. in their DNA from when in communism days, communist days, you never talked. You didn't, you didn't want to give anyone a reason to believe yeah. that you were talking bad about the government. Exactly. On the subways, they were silent, silent on the subways. Nothing like New York. Like New York subways are loud as fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, of course. That, and that's if you don't have. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm not going to bother your time. Yeah. That's if you don't have that or a flip show or a hip hop show or yeah. a dance off. Yeah. It's fucking. I'd love to go to North Korea. Yeah, I want to go back. The problem is now it's illegal for us to go. It is. It's illegal for Americans Unless to go. Unless you befriend Kim Jong un. That's right. I did go with Dennis Rodman. You did? Yeah, back in. What year was that? 2014? Really? Yeah. Did you meet Kim Jong un? I did not, which sucks. Such BS. It's so funny. I can very easily. Uh, like you know, obviously he's a much worse person probably than Donald Trump. Uh, it, globally, Kim Jong Un, yeah, or Dennis Kim, Rodman, yeah, <laughs> Kim Jong Un, and um, but I can very easily compartmentalize that because I, I I don't see the atrocities, I don't see it, yeah, and I I keep I've always made this joke that I want to go party with him 
Like I, I said it on Rogan. I was like, hey, get this out there. I want to party with Kim Jong-un one night because that's my way my brain works. Yeah, sure. But I'm sure if, at any point if I saw what was going on in that country, I would be... Yeah, you have appalled. to compartmentalize it. It's like, who, el who else is like a... Cra like, if Vladimir Putin was like, I like your comedy. I heard your Russia story. It's hilarious. By the way... Let's do something. Put that out there. I'd go to Vladimir Putin... I'd fly myself out. Sure. Just to go fucking riding horses with them or yeah. fishing or go do a polar plunge. Yeah, it would be amazing. But then you try to, then you got to think like, all right, doesn't have the greatest track record of human freedom. But you're also thinking, look, I'm just here for the story. I'm here for the fucking party. Yeah. Just fucking throw back some vodka. Oh my God. I can, that's once in a lifetime. Hopefully you don't end up with getting killed doing it. Which Vladimir seems Putin, unlikely. put it out there. I am, I am up for it and I can kind of communicate with you. Yeah, and you have you can tell that they'll have a translator tell the machine story in Russian. There's no way he hasn't seen that. It's like one of the most kind of viral. Hey, if anyone's listening and you're in Russia, can you make sure Vladimir Putin sees my machine story and then tell him I'll come over and tell it in Russian in Russia? There's uh, got to be Russian social media networks that where he is on because he's not on freaking Twitter. They don't have a they don't have Twitter for, in Russia. They do, but I don't think he's on any of that stuff. Well, they have, they definitely have, uh, you know what they definitely have over there is Periscope. Have you ever been on Periscope? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, Scott Adams is on there. You know who that is? Who's Scott Adams? He's He created Dilbert, I think. Was he ever on Rogan? I don't know. He's like, he's always on Periscope. I don't know. I wish I had more to say about that. Is today 420? No, it's 11th. No. Oh, it's, oh, it's. Um, Periscope, if you go to Periscope, this is one of my favorite things to do in the world, I don't even have is you go app. to the globe part, yeah. and then you go to Russia, and you see who's live streaming, and then you watch it, and then you share it with your fans, and you guys watch them together. My favorite, I, it's, I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do is go on Periscope, find someone interesting, and uh, and and then share it with everyone, and then and then watch their numbers blow up like by like a thousand. Really? And then they're like, wait, what the fuck happened? One of my favorite ones ever. This, I miss, I, it's this, I'm going to say 13 year old black chick, uh, overweight, uh, hair's a little picked out. Um, and the title is I'm about to kill me this burger. Right. <laughs> and it's, and, and the picture is a, it's a picture. It's her with her hand in her, her face in her hand like this, right on a table. And in the foreground, closer to the phone is the burger. And it's just her and the burger. And it says, I'm about to kill me this burger. And I'm, and I, I see it and I watch it for a second. It's, I'm the, I'm the only one in the room, right? It's just me. And I'm watching it and her eyes are just staring at that burger. And I go, oh, this is good. I want to see this girl kill this fucking burger. So I share it with my fans and the numbers start climbing like 100, 200, 300. And I see her eyes look at the thing and kind of like, I can see it register with her eyes like this. And then she goes, oh, hell no, Bert. And just starts blocking motherfuckers, right? On her phone. And then she just blocks me. And I was like, oh, she wanted to do it. And maybe she was doing it for one other person. Oh, But the second she saw me share it and saw a thousand people come in the room, she was like, oh, hell no, Bert. Because she knew I was the first one in that room and that I shared it. Oh, and that's why yeah. everyone came in. And I fucking love this little girl so much. I think about her from time to time where I go, I wonder what she did with that. I would, I, I should have only watched it. I, sh I was, I was, I was, I was uh, fucking 
needy. I was greedy. I fucking wanted to share this great moment. I should have just watched it for myself. Just, she wanted to, this girl was fucking beautiful and artistic impression. She wanted one person to see her kill this burger. She wanted to share it with one fucking person. It could have been me, but I wanted to fucking increase my digital footprint and get people to like me. So I shared it with fucking everyone and I never got to see her kill this burger. I know I'm blocked from her. You know, she yeah. does that every, from time to time. I'm sure she probably, she might kill a burger every day. I'm about to kill me this burger. You might have to reenact that one. I gotta get Periscope now. Dude, Periscope's fun as fuck. Yeah, it, it, looks, not it sounds to, fun the way I, you talk I don't talk really about it. promote it. I don't use it like that. But to find people, there's this girl, Julia, that lives in uh, in Brooklyn, and she just smokes bowls. And she's fun as fuck, and she's cute. But she's like cute in like, a, in like your friend's sister kind of way, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. and uh, And I follow her. And then I always share whenever she has a video. There's these other. I always like girls that smoke bowls. Like girls that smoke weed. I always dig that. I can watch that forever. That's so. It, it, I never thought about that being interesting. Just Periscope in general. But there's a lot. Of, I think the only time I ever used it, I was in. I was at LAX like probably two or three years ago now, and there was this like. They said it was a shooting, and we all evacuated. Turns out some dumbass just dropped like a briefcase on the ground, and TS the TSA guy yelled shooter. So the whole airport cleared out. We were on the tarmac. What a great way to get a fucking long lunch break if you're a TAA. Yeah, TSA agent. man. Shooter. <laughs> yep, that was exactly what happened. So I started to like live stream the whole thing, and it was cool because the news picked it up, and I felt pretty important for like five seconds. That's, this that, woman got that's super, everything. What, this what woman happened? got super pissed because I I go, hey, what what do you you know what's your experience? And she's like, I'm worried about my kid. I don't know where my kids are or my husband or something. And I was like are they still inside? And she's like, no, they're on the other side. I was like, so they're safe. They're outside. And she goes, are you filming me? And she lost her shit. Really? And she, she was like trying to hit me and stuff. And uh, she, she went up to a security guy and she was like, I want to get him in trouble. He's filming me. And this, uh, thank God for this random hipster guy. He goes, ma'am, you have no expectation of privacy. You're in public. You're in a public place. And then the, the security guy who clearly didn't know that was like, yep, that sounds right. And was just like, Okay, and I should know that shit. I'm a lawyer. I didn't even that didn't even occur to me. I was just like, I gotta run away from this crazy. God lady bless now. that hipster. Yeah. God bless all those fucking hipsters that uh, do all those traffic stop videos where yeah. they refuse to am roll I down their detained? window. Am, am I, I being am detained? Am I being detained? Am I being detained? <laughs> it was one of those guys for sure. Ma'am, you are in public. You have no expectation of privacy. Isn't that right, sir? And then the security guard goes, uh, "Yep, your privates." Show your privates. That All was, right, yep. <laughs> that was that was one hundred percent it. This like like recently immigrated from Philippines security guy was like, okay, I'm not even sure what you guys are even talking about, but I'm not doing anything about this because what he sure said what you're talking about, sounds but good. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. But she told the Southwest flight attendant who was like handing out water to people on the tarmac, he's filming me, and she goes, oh, like all like oh. cheerful. Oh, cool. Okay, he, like, combs her hair back. Yeah, like really. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a woman I had a woman I think about sometimes uh, when women get older their faces get bigger their heads get bigger huh I didn't know yeah, that well, you got to look around look at like you'll see it now that I've told you to you'll see it now I'm gonna see it everywhere you, they never they didn't start the world with those big heads it's like tree rings yeah it's like, like it's like some women their heads get massive um, and so and so uh, there's this woman with a very big head I have clear right oh I love clear yeah I have clear. So I go to the clear thing, check in, and uh, they take me right up to the front, and I pass this woman. And she went, ugh. 
seriously? She's with her husband, and you can tell by the look on her husband's face, this is not the first time she has caused a public incident. Oh, he just like started He's just looking. Like, oh, oh no. fuck. She goes, excuse me, excuse me. And then uh, the guy goes, uh, ma'am, he's uh, in clear. And she goes, I don't know what clear is. Like, now that it, now it's our fault that she's uninformed. Right. And I said, well, it's a, it's something you pay for. I pay for extra so that I can go to the front of the line and I don't have to, they don't check my stuff. They check it. She went, eh. And so then the guy at the front goes, he can come through. And I go through and I get in front of her and I don't, I don't think about it again. And then I go to the other side, and then she got, gets in my face and goes, um, so you're telling me for a little money, I can be rude to everybody? And I went, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty much, uh, yeah. 100%. If that's why you read that, yeah, then 100%. And it's only like 175 a year. I have a three-month free pass if you want to yeah. try it. <laughs> clear is the best. It's the best, yeah. Although I've been getting butt-fucked on Clear lately because uh, every time I've done it, I've whatever opener and my assistant go in just TSA pre-check, and it's just... It's always been empty, empty. Oh man! So I, but I, but I like clear. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of clear. The one time you get it. So what it is for people that don't know is you pay like literally 175 a year. You use your fingerprints as biometrics, so you don't need your ID out. Your boarding pass can be on your phone, whatever you scan it. They walk you up ahead of the TSA line, ahead of the regular line, of course. The TSA guy doesn't need to look at your ID, and they bring you right to the pre-check or whatever. And to you the front of the, the pre-check. The they front walk you to the front of the pre-check. Right, and so. It a lot of times won't do anything, like you said. It doesn't matter. But the one, t what it does is it gets rid of the guesswork, right? So like, if you had a fifteen minute, or maybe it's going to take forty five because you don't know. Now you know it always takes five minutes to get through. So yeah. if it's your home airport, you know with consistency that you're good. And it's it's the one time you're about to miss a flight and you get clear. You're like, this is worth one seventy five, no matter what. Fucking percent. What's give give me a tip? Well, we'll wrap this up soon. I feel like I've had, oh, sure. I've had you for two hours and fifteen minutes. Dang. But um, but give me a give me some give me some lessons. Give me some tips. Give yeah. me some life lessons. Sure. So give me give me Jordan one hundred and one. Yeah. Let me think of something quick and actionable. So one thing that I do every day, that I recommend everybody do, is like around ten a.m. your time, Pacific time, I should say, depending on what time you're listening to this. Go into your phone, go to the text app, go all the way to the bottom. This is your worst nightmare, Bert, by the way. Okay. But you go all the way to the bottom of your text app, and text that's where app, you... Text is that this Yeah, thing? like messages, yeah. yeah. That's where you've got, like, all those dead conversations that you haven't talked to, people you haven't talked to in, like, two years. Send them a message and be like, hey, I haven't talked to you for a minute, what's going on? And then sign your name, and you'll get updates from people that you never would normally re-engage. And what's really good about that is you'll get a ton of opportunity from that. Like, a lot of people, for me... I'll uh, I'll do this to four or five people every day, and once a week I'll get somebody who's like, "Hey, uh, do you still speak? I'm going into a meeting right now. We're choosing our keynote speakers. What do you, what would you charge? Like ten, twenty k?" And I'm like, "Sure." So they'll come at me with an opportunity like that, or they'll go, "Hey, my friend just started a podcast and he's got a radio show. Would you consider going on that?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So I get these opportunities out of there. It never results in long phone calls, and I'm always top of mind for people. So even if they don't engage with me right then. Maybe a week later, they'll come back and go, hey, you know, I was just, my friend just asked me about people that know a lot about this. Do you know about this? That is genius. That is genius. That is a perfect one. Give me another one. All right. Let's All right, see. 10 a.m. every day. I like that. Uh, this one's from Jessica Wellington. Well, I've talked to her. Scott at Yuck Yucks. X-Pac. Uh, James. Who's James? Hey, Bert. It's James from... Hey, this guy sold me my gun. There you go. Hey, man. Just thinking about you. 
Let's see. That's, <laughs> wait, that's not. See, this is why I don't reply to text. What do I say? Literally, do I say? it's so funny. I, what do I say? Literally, the script should be, "Hey, Jane, use their name. Otherwise, they think it's a group text." So, hey, James. Hey, James. Been a long time. Dash. Been a long time. What's the latest with you? What's the latest with you? Question mark. That's fucking so. I can't do that. It sounds a little too. It sounds too homo. Still voice texting. Now it says, hey, it's been a long time. What's the latest with you? What you can do that, is say, fuck, I can't do that. What? <laughs> okay, here's another version. Here's another version for people that you don't know as well. Okay. Hey, James, it's been a minute. That sounds a little more manly and like lackadaisical. How about this? Ready? Still loving my gun. I hope all is well with you, Bert. Perfect. The only critique that I would have with that, and I, the, look, I'm not trying still to... Still loving my guns? <laughs> th that's perfect. The only critique, it doesn't compel a response because it doesn't ask a question, okay. but it's good enough. Hey, Baby uh, steps. This chair really loves wobbling. Kind of want a Desert Eagle 50 caliber. <laughs> He's like, what do I look like, a Ukrainian arms dealer? He has my gun, arms dealer... This while I'm sitting in it, can I? What is it? Is it 50 caliber Desert Eagle 50 caliber? Kind of want a Desert Eagle. Okay, I'm doing it. I just sent it. Oh, I just sent it. Oh, I didn't put my name on it. Fuck, he's going to be like. Send the next one. Just be like Burt Kreischer. I lost it. I don't know where it is. James, oh, it's, it's at, at the, the top. top. All right, let's see who else I can do that to. Mo Mandel. Ready? Yeah. Well, he's going to know that I. Well, fuck. I, I got to stop doing this. Okay. What is it? <laughs> What is it again? I uh, it, how well do you know moment? It doesn't very well, matter. very well, very oh, well. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can say, hey, man, it's been a minute. Or, hey, Mo, it's been a minute that way. Hey, Mo, it's been a minute, dash. Do you have anything you can... <laughs> <laughs> I always say, what's the latest on your end? Because it doesn't sound ridiculous in my world. Maybe it's too... For Let's podcast soon. There, that's fine. Yeah, I, that's I would fine. love to do a podcast with Mo. Yeah, there you go. And it, it compels a response because you're kind of asking him to do that, even though Brian Unger. Why does Who's that Brian? name sound familiar? I don't Brian Unger. Oh, Brian Unger. Brian Unger. Brian Unger. It sounds familiar, but I don't know who that is. I'm going to Google it. Hey, Brian. Dash, it's been a minute. Dash, wondering if you ever got your podcast set up. Let me know if you need any help. Dash. Bert. Actor, comedian, Stop talking. We just it just wrote actor, comedian, writer, producer. Did it really? Hey, wondering. It's been a minute. You gotta. Your if you got your podcast set up, let me know if you need any help, Bert. He's gonna go. I don't remember you. Aha. Uh -huh. That's oh, why I always use great. My... This is really fucking great. It, yeah, if you do this, at, I set a calendar appointment and I do it at 10 a.m. The reason I do it at 10 a.m. is all because all these are people I don't know. Oh, yeah. If you don't know it's him at all. YouTube. It's just people sending me YouTube videos. Beep. 10 a.m. is good on Pacific time because people here are awake and caffeinated. Hey, and Pete, in New York, it's like, Dash, just lunch. letting you know. Fuck. Okay. Fuck. I use the same script almost every time. That way I don't have to do that whole. Yeah, good call. You just yeah. got to write one script yeah. and send them out. I, I mean, have this, this all This has been online. really good. I just, I fucking, I... I had not, didn't have Pete Davidson's number saved. Why this is good is if you do this four times a day, Pete five Davidson, days a week, this is great. It's 20 people a week, which is like, and if you do it on weekends, whatever, then you end up with a hundred people that you've re-engaged each month. And this is time you'd normally spend like 
looking at Twitter and then closing your phone. This is really great. Yeah, this is super useful. This is a game changer for people who do anything, like whether they run their own business or any kind of sales. This is really fucking great. That's a, okay. Give me another life lesson. That's fucking awesome. Sure. Oh, hold on. Well, let me. I like this a lot. Hey Tyler, I heard your life's changed drastically. Dash, let me know. I'm dying to hear. Dash, not slinging that big dick around anymore? Question mark. Is that the kind of yeah? Did you sign your name though? Otherwise, nope. you might not know who I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not on that one. It said singing that big dick around. <laughs> the fucking voice changing. Give me another, give me another life right. lesson. I love this. So here's another one. If I'm looking on social media, I don't know. Do you use social media all the time? Yes. Like Twitter and everything? Yes. So a lot of people will just reply or they'll click like on something. Yeah. Instead of doing that, because that just gets lost in the fold. Like, uh-huh. look, if someone clicks like on some shit you post, you're not like, oh, Jordan liked this. I better get in touch with him. It's never going to happen. Yeah. So what I do is if somebody, let's say they have a baby, they get married, they go on a trip or something else just that's interesting for me. Like if you have a show and I see it on social media, I'm not just going to click like. I'm not just going to like type a comment. I'll send you a text. Or I'll send you an email. Maybe not you, because I know you'll never answer no, that no, text. No, but I'm still thinking of me going, hey, man, so my guys don't be my gun. I've been thinking about <laughs> that. That did, that did come up. I've been thinking about you. Oh, the poor guy. He's a fucking arms dealer. And he's this guy. Hey, buddy. Please don't reply to this. Imagining some guy like in a mobile home cooking oh, cooking meth and getting oh, his text. Back. I don't sell guns anymore. I have I crystal meth though. Job. I can't help you. <laughs> but I've been thinking about you too, Brad. I, I miss you. does this happen oh. on the show? Oh, this, this, is hard, this is officially the hardest I've ever laughed on oh. this podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, fuck. I've been thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's the first thing you came up with, too. This is why I knew I picked the best job in the world. 
there's I don't like anything more than oh, that yeah. than I mean, that than that laughing like that. I mean, the first time I ever laughed like that, it was at uh, it was at Ryan Valerius's house. I something that just made me laugh. And I remember the thing is, is if I thought about it more, it would make me laugh harder. And I loved that feeling. I loved it. it was a weird way. It's like almost like giving yourself an orgasm. Like you were you could make yourself laugh harder. The time that I, I shaved Tom Segura's tits one time, <laughs> and I shaved, and I could not stop laughing. I his oh god, that just made me fucking laugh. What was your other fucking bit of advice? Oh my, I'm try, I, I'm in this point where if I if I say the wrong thing, I'm gonna laugh oh. for a really long time. I need to take a deep breath. Oh. I uh the. What was the next thing? Oh, oh right. So instead of just like... Instead of liking it. So if I right. have a po post a photo on Facebook... Yeah. So I use the algorithm to sort of remind me who has something that's worth keeping in touch. So like someone gets married, has a baby, gets a new job, moves, whatever it is, or launches a book, whatever it is. I send them a text or call them instead. Even if they don't answer, it doesn't matter. Because they're getting like... Let's say they get like 2,000 likes on their wedding photo. They get 800 comments on their wedding photo they get like 25 text messages, mostly from family. So you stand out above all those other people. And it looks like you care more, even though you just put forth the exact same amount of effort as everybody who just wrote a comment on freaking Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, that's brilliant. So you kind of end up like above the fold. You Like you cut through the noise of all the other people. Because those people are putting a comment in or putting a like. They don't get any recognition. That person will almost certainly reply to your text. And they'll be like, you know, you're one of the few people that cared enough to shoot me a note or whatever. And it's like, it's not really true. You got 100 emails. You got 100, 800 comments. You got 1,000 likes. You just got 30 texts. And I was one of them. And the other 20 were like from cousins and your college roommate. Yeah, you yeah, stand yeah. way out. That's, really that's a really smart idea. All right, let's do that real quick. Yeah, try that. So look who pops up on your feed. And on it'll Facebook, be, on Facebook, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's Facebook, Facebook or Instagram, but Facebook is is better, in my opinion, at let's filtering for big news. Let's see who I got, too. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. Uh, I'm not going to text her. Uh, let's see. Oh, a lot of people. Uh, God damn it. Uh, some of these people I don't fucking know. My Facebook's so filled with people I don't know. I'm sure. My entire feed right now uh, is my mom. Is What does that say about me? Julie Buckman's kid is fucking good looking. I don't have Julie's I don't have Julie's number. I would definitely text her. Hillary Holse. Oh, fuck. Steve Marmel. I can't. That's. Oh, I love it. Okay, Aaron, Aaron, uh, Aaron von of Aaron von Schoenfeld is the uh, Booker of the Improv, right? There you go. She just posted a picture of the new side of the Improv, and it said "Clean Slate." Now I'm going to text Aaron. <laughs> what is it? What, what is she? What's her news? She posted a picture she, of Clean Slate. Just saw the pic on Facebook of the new wall at the Improv. Dash, are you looking for a new artist? <laughs> I've been doing some finger painting lately. <laughs> it looks, I forget, take that. That would be great. pretty fun. She would. That that reminds her of you in in the exact way that you want. I've been getting pretty serious into painting. <laughs> Can I 
Can I send you some specs? Can I send you some specs? <laughs> Can I send you some specs of some ideas I think would be great? Fuck, this is why I don't text people. This is fucking We horrible. should have started with this bit. I just and... saw the pic on Facebook of the new Healthy Improv. I've been getting pretty serious about painting. Oh, Tell Bert. me you see the dots. It's coming back. Hold on, I'm sending it right now. Oh, right on. I'm gonna fix this wobbly fucking chair. Hold on a second. Oh, <laughs> this is why I don't text anybody. Do you realize this is because I, I fucking send texts that are. Halston, can you cut this up to put on? Oh yeah, definitely. I was gonna say I don't picture you just like kind of checking in on people, you know? I don't. I I don't. Uh. Okay, that was one for Aaron. Okay, this is Christian. No, uh, Tom Clark. I'm I'm really bad at this. It actually gets a lot easier over time, of course. I'm seeing if I can find a friend that I grew up with, Artie Fuqua, Hanson Sinclair. What's this? Jose Martinez. Well, where the fuck did they go? Oh, they went to fucking WrestleMania. This is hard for me because I don't. A lot of these people, I don't really have anyone's number. Oh, that's a yeah. great idea. That's a great idea. I like that idea a lot. Keep going. Give me one more. Give me one oh, more. Oh man, give me uh, one more, and we'll wrap it up. Sure. Let's see. Let me pick a a really good one here. There's a lot of so this is this is more for people who want to reach out to you know what actually screw that one. Listen, this is what this guy wrote. I've deleted my Instagram account due to it being hacked, and Instagram see me not to give a crap because it sends me messages and requests that I don't ask for. I'm gonna text them with a message and request. <laughs> just, oh, hey man, <laughs> are you sleep? Are you are you you're sleeping okay? Because I have a mattress for you. Lisa mattresses would be a great. <laughs> Oh my god! This is—I think we, we invented a new segment for your show. Obviously, just go. Right oh my now. god! I'm gonna fucking pass out. The this is see. This is why I have a hard time texting people because my brain fucks off so quickly. So to a place where it's just making me laugh that I go, don't send it. And that I wish you could be in bed with in bed with me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> As I just did this, and you were laying next to me, fully clothed, and I was naked. Oh, I want to send that text to this guy. Just delete everything because they're fucking sending me things I don't want. You interested in a penis enlargement? Oh, oh, fuck me! I, well, now we're just <laughs> yeah. Now we're just on our own. Oh, this is, uh, I'm, I'm not even talking right now. I'm just literally thinking of jokes to text people i think that would work great for you honestly it, it, if it entertains you and people respond to it it's perfect re-engagement for you okay let's see what aaron said let's see if aaron replied <laughs> um we would love that <laughs> good i got a homeless guy at starbucks who could use a little painting work yeah the painting <laughs> oh yeah i could get that homeless guy definitely get him a job 
Oh my god. He's pretty good, right? <sighs> Haven't painted a mural of all the comics, including you. On the hey Bert, this is Sammy over at Cameo. You have 197 fans waiting to book you when you're back, which equates to a lot of easy money. We've been mentioned on the Ellen Show, ESPN, and more. I get that too from that app. Michael That's the... Rosenbaum, Jeff Ross, and Brian Callen just joined. Now that Cameo has taken off, are you interested in hopping back on? We'd love to get you up and running. Let me know. How do I reply to that, Jordan? I those cameo and I've been going back and forth for a long. Time. Isn't that the one where you, people can like pay you for a video message yeah. or something like that? I feel guilty doing that kind of thing. I do too. I mean, I feel like just come to my show and I'll yeah. just give me your phone and I'll do it for free. Yeah, people write in for advice <laughs> or they do stuff. I I do like phone consulting and I always donate the money to charities and stuff because I I like helping people, but I don't want to do it for free on the phone because then you just get all these time wasters. So charge a lot and then make a huge-ass donation to, like, a charity. Or charge a lot. Say you're going to make the donation and keep it. <laughs> that, there's another idea. I've done that before. It's pretty fucking works yeah, out really works well. It works out really well. Oh, yeah, people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, you have live shows. I, I don't have anything like that where people can come and I would definitely them. do it. I, would, I wouldn't give it to charity. I would definitely, if people want to talk to you for money uh, about advice, you're, you're a very bright dude. Like I, that Thanks, idea man. of going through the end of your things and just saying, I mean, it doesn't work for me because I can't, there are a lot of people I don't want to be in the forefront of their brains. No, I mean, just <clears> skip those people. Yeah, no, but yeah. like, and, and, and then I, I, but it's, if you're a young guy trying to market yourself and get yourself out there mm -hmm. and, and build your business or build your brand, that's not a bad idea at all. Yeah. Just go through those emails. Yeah. You can do it. Uh, another thing is if you don't have someone's number, this is another thing that I did when I was traveling a bunch, which I still do a bunch. Once I go through the text, I don't necessarily want immediate responses, so I'll do the same thing with Gmail. I call it Gmail Roulette. I'll go in and I'll type, like, uh, B-E into the compose window, and it'll be like, uh -huh. Burt Kreischer? And I'll be like, nah, I, I texted him, or I, he is not an email guy, and it'll be like, uh, Berto, your old sales guy from your company? I'll be like, oh, yeah, I haven't talked with him in a while, because there's a certain contingent of people that you don't have their number, but you have their email, uh -huh. and you still want to be in touch with them. So okay, I'll just shoot off random emails like that. Let's do it. By typing in two letters. And I'll get a lot of people that are surprised as hell to hear from you. And it does the exact same thing. Who the fuck's this guy? Artwork. Oh, this guy's... Oh, you know what? I should get that guy to do that. Um, all right. So we'll go into Compose. Yep. And you said, give me two letters. Uh, G-R. G-R. Greg Fitzsimmons. There you go. Let's text Greg Fitzsimmons. <laughs> hey, man. Been thinking about you a lot. <laughs> Yo, let's podcast just me and you. <laughs> Fuck, that came off wrong. Yo, let's podcast. Fuck, never mind. I'm not going to send the email. This is why I fucking, like, I just, it's, I'm already fucking panicked about what I'm saying. Oh, I, well, that, okay. So I use the same script every single time. I yeah. use their name. I say, what's the latest or what's the latest with you? Uh, no rush on the reply. I know you're really busy. And the reason I do that is because when people haven't heard from you for like two years or six months, often they'll go, what is this? Like some Scientology bullshit. Are you trying to get me to sell Herbalife? Like what's going on? Yeah. So if you, and people who are trying to do like multi-level marketing or trying to get something from you, they usually build urgency by going like, Oh, limited time opportunity. If you break the urgency by saying like, no rush, I know you're really busy. It actually increases your response rate. I tested this, right, and I, I went... just texted Greg Fitzsimmons. Yeah, Yo, nice. this podcast. Bert, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna type in. I'm gonna see another gr that's not Greg Fitzsimmons. I'm gonna go through the list. Gruzin. Uh Nope. 
don't know that person. Don't know that person. David Grant at Fox. Don't know that person. Fred Graver. Oh, that's his Travel Channel email. He's not in any of that anymore. <clears throat> Grimes Cannon. Not looking for a Coke. Uh, <laughs> Kathy Griffin. <laughs> not going to text. Kathy. No. No. Red Grant. I was just talking about you. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Really? Yeah. I was just talking about you on a podcast, and I wanted to see what was going on. Hope you're well. Hey, Red, I was just talking about you on a podcast. I miss, I miss you. Hope all's well. Dash. I hope all's well. <laughs> this is fucking horrible. This is this is good for you. I feel like I should come over next month. We should do another round of this because you're. This is like exposure therapy. <laughs> this is fucking horrible. I was just thinking about you. <clears throat> all right, all right. We should wrap this up. All right. Um, <clears throat> top five podcasts you can go. Tell my listeners to go listen to of yours right now. Sure. Number ones where you go, definitely listen to this, this. Give me three. Yeah, sure. Chris Voss, the negotiation one. 100%. I'm listening to that podcast, and I just bought his book. Yeah, I like the Caesar Milan one. A lot of people 100%. may be into that. And I, this might be controversial with you, but I just had Lisa Lampanelli on the show I love Lisa as well. Lampanelli. And she's actually super nice. I had no idea she was going to be so nice. She's yeah, I love Lisa Lampanelli. She didn't really like cool. me. You sure? Yeah, no, I knew. I know she didn't. When was this? She, uh, this was... Probably 10 years ago, she was in Tampa. She was performing at a theater, and I was doing radio with my buddy Cowhead. And I had a great story I wanted to tell her, uh, an amazing story I wanted to tell her, uh, a very flattering story. And so I told Cowhead, hey, can I stay in here so I can tell her the story? I think she'll dig it. And he was like, oh, of course. Cowhead's one of my best friends. My, Mike Calta is his name. And so she refused to come in on air because I was in there. And I was like, hmm. and, I, and I knew her. I actually knew Lisa from New York. I mean... I used to work the door at the Boston Comedy Club, and she would come in when she was a horrible comic. She used to wear gold chains and gold rings and gold teeth, and Whoa. and just it was really a nightmare act. And I, she had she had uh, transformed herself into who she is now, who we know her to be now. And it was really a a cool story for. I, I wasn't going to share that part. That wasn't what I was going to share. What I was going to share is I was in a um, I was doing a TV show where I had to be a male stripper at a gay bar, uh, hmm. and I had to. And it was a contest. It was a striptease contest. <clears throat> and it was a lot of drag queens. And and some of them weren't even getting fully naked. They were just singing and, and kind of losing clothes. And the guy that won in an all-gay bar in Vegas went up uh, dressed glamorously and like Lisa Lampanelli and played her comedy album and just lip-synced her comedy album. And it murdered, wow. and it killed, and it was fucking, as a comic, as yeah. a comic who knew her, it's different, but as, just as a comic, it was inspirational to see a group of men fucking ha laughing hysterically to a, a, a guy dressed as Lisa Lampanelli, lip-syncing her stuff, and it murdered, and I was like so fucking badass, and we have footage of it, and I wanted to get her the footage of it, I thought she'd be cool i thought she'd be like really excited yeah and uh she said i won't go in there as long as he's in that room get him out of that room i don't do uh radio with other comics and i went hold on 
tell her I have a really good story. And they did. She goes, I don't care. Get him the fuck out. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was like, wow, that really stinks that you missed out. I don't know where that t- footage is now. We had it at the time. And I was like, I want to get it to her. Oh, man. And she really missed out. It should be really cool footage to have is of this uh, gay guy. I made, I grabbed our camera and I was like, shoot this. Cover all of this. Please cover all this. I know this chick. She's going to want this video. She's really different now. I mean, she lost a bunch of weight and she quit comedy, as you know. She quit comedy? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. She quit. Yeah, like four months ago. She doesn't do it at all anymore. Really? Yeah. Is she it, she's she's like I was just being too negative. I didn't like who I was becoming. I I quit. I, it's not who I want to be. Okay, she has money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's she gonna do? She does shows and stuff like about body image and stuff. She's like I'm trying to be more of service because I spent a lot of years being negative. That's what the show was. She talked about it on the show. She went on Stern and then she did up my show, like a few months was later. She funny. Uh, it's. She's funny in how she is, but she wasn't like on there to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. She's pretty serious about it. She lost 107 pounds or something too. Good for her. Yeah. She was she was always a very nice person. I mean, I, yeah, I I'll nothing... show you a photo. She looks completely different. Dude. I think I saw. It. She looks like Kate from Kate plus eight. Maybe. There you go. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, she she still looks like Lisa. I mean, not. I mean, uh, I, I she was I, she wasn't nice to me that one time uh, in radio, uh, and I think she was. I think she was probably going through a ton of shit. I can't mm-hmm. imagine what that kind of success was like uh, at the time because no one was having that success. I mean, she was doing it. She was successful when no one was like, no one was doing theaters. There's my oh, someone just changed the hose, and so but uh, but she. She was always very sweet to me when she worked at the when I worked the door. Um, dude, this has been a fucking amazing podcast. This is really fun, man. I hope your listeners like it too, because they might be like, "Dude, Jordan's not funny." They're gonna have critiques of you, but you, uh, only because it's not. It doesn't have to be funny, but they'll have critiques of you because of the way you approach life. I think a lot of people don't approach life that way. But if they can, if they can pivot and just take what works i'm i'm a cynical person i don't mm-hmm. think you're very cynical i think you look at life as glass half full we can fill this if we work hard enough and we figure things out and we let our time work for us and i think if people take a step back and allow that optimism into their life and and maybe take like you know maybe going through old emails and reaching out to people it feels like a cold call to some people yeah but it's not if you go i just haven't that's a friend i haven't spoken to in a long time exactly and if and if you go through like you know i've been wanting to talk talk, talk to pete davidson ever since everything's gone on with him i, f- I feel like he might be alone or lonely yeah and he had texted me and i never replied to it and i feel bad now and i go Ooh. and then, by the way the date on that checked it i'll tell this is bizarre but I think it's right when he started dating Ariana Grande. I think it's literally. Oh, yeah. By the way, I for the record, I'm not a super positive. Like it was one year ago. It was one year ago. Oh, man. Almost is March, January, February, March, April 25th. Oh, yeah. That was it's like 50 weeks ago. Oh, Anyway, <clears throat> but this has been a great podcast. Thank so, you. Yeah, I appreciate um, the opportunity, man. Dude, uh, and g- real quick, give me all the plugs so that Halston can write them down. But oh, yeah. Jordan so Harbinger Show. Yeah, the Jordan Harbinger Show is the podcast. JordanHarbinger.com is my website, and I'm at Jordan Harbinger on Twitter, Instagram, 
and I answer everything that comes into my inbox. It takes me forever, but yeah. I answer everything because I feel like if someone's going to take the time to write, even if my answer sort of sucks, like they'll ask me a huge question, I'll be like, cool, maybe I'll answer it on a Friday. But I reply to everybody, so if you don't hear from me, just try again. But I appreciate all of the people that give a chance, give me a chance to try to change their mind about something. But I was saying before, I'm not all about positivity. I'm not like, look, the sun is shining. Like you're alive. Be grateful. I'm not that guy at all. I'm very realistic when I, when it comes to like negative emotions have their function too. So I'm not like a self-help type. No, I don't think you are at all. Okay, cool. I just want to be that. No, I don't think you are at all. I think, but I do, I do think you, you look at life where you get out of bed and you go, I'm not going to fucking waste this shit. Yeah, I, only out of necessity. I spent too many years being fucking tired, depressed, and being like, this person has something I don't have. And it's just life's too fucking short to do that Dude, every day. I, I, this is the hardest I've ever laughed on a podcast. I appreciate Without it. a doubt, the hardest I've ever fucking laughed on a podcast. And it's because a lot of the shit that you're good at, I suck at. And I think we figured out why I suck at it. Well, I'm happy to do this anytime, and you should come on the Jordan Harbinger show. I would we'll, love to. We'll, I would disassemble, love to. we'll disassemble more of our weird uh, personality flavors in front of a huge audience. Done. All right, I'm going to go help my wife change a hose. Do it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.